Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 203, and it's me, Gary P. And of course, it's the Prof Car Riley. Luco de Mecchio, Luco de Mecchio. We're all doing the Maltese Luco cross. Luco de Mecchio. Um, yeah, so it's a big one, Prof. <clears throat> it's a big, big, big one, we know. I've done all my research. I'm sitting on my book, actually. There's a movement from uh, beneath. It's very warm, Prof. You don't want to be touching this book after where it's been sitting. Uh, we are... We know who our European pawns are, Prof, but we'll talk about our sponsors for us. Of course, Lesser Credit. When you draw a Maltese opposition in Champions League, it's Lesser Credit. You got your back. And of course, Ocean Electrical. <clears throat> Ocean Electrical are also on tour as well. They'll be with us in uh, the fantastic. Actually, we're not going to tell you the name of the hotel because it's a secret. We're going to move on anyway. What about uh, <coughs> our other new sponsors, Passion for Gardens? Passion for Gardens. Check them out. Um, they are a gardening landscaping company. And if you mention Tifties or Rover season tickets, you will get. I don't know. I don't know what you get. You get some sort of discount, but they'll do your garden for you. you really and they do have a great no job. Shame, have you? They did my garden there most recently, and they did a great job. They're fantastic. They're brilliant. And they do it all, prof. They do it all. So this week it's Friday's edition of Tifty's Hotline. So eight rovers, men and women, have called into the hotline with their dads. We all have the latest on the Champions League draw, and we look ahead to Oriel Park, aka the Kip, the Shithole, Chernobyl. Many many names <clears throat> on Friday. Um, so reaction to the big deck cast prof his uh, sister has absolutely loved it yeah we have a quote from them in a moment uh, it was another tearjerker wasn't it uh, John Byrne as usual uh, quite often he can't get through these in one sitting he has to listen to them in installments because it hits him especially guys that he, he knew. well he, he said he didn't know big deck very well but just these large and live characters hearing all the stories can be emotional for people to listen to again. Mm, certainly can, Prof. It certainly can. Um, but it was it was brilliant. So wonderful podcast. Thanks to everyone who contributed to that and Gary and Carl putting them together. Great to hear so many stories about our brother. Thanks again to also Valerie and Yvonne. Um, That's few, two sisters, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ray Whedon said his favourite deck rhyme for a Rovers fan was Mark Battle herding cattle. Mark Battle, what's, what's Carl Royley? Don't think Ryan's right. Don't think Ryan's right. I was trying to think of Parsons. I was like, Gary Parsons, Schmerzens, Schmerzens. I could just see the wheel turning in your brain, and there was nothing happening. No, like nothing, nothing rhymes with it. Um, yeah. So, uh, really, really emotional and interesting pod. Like, I, I like, I never met him, and I was only I'd like, I never, I didn't know what his voice sounds like. That's what the thing was. Um, so definitely, uh, probably probably one of our most interesting ones because he's known all over every pub and all over Crumlin, Dublin, all over all over the place. So yeah, I met uh, Jim Conroy at the the program fair on Pier Street last Sunday. This was the uh-huh. first. It was the first program fair in three years. So a long awaited one. And uh, programs was, was stacked up. <laughs> he was amazed that you had Bose number one, as in the Bose fan. He loves the limelight. He loves the limelight. He just doesn't. He, yeah. he wanted the limelight for himself. No, it was good seeing the usual people at the program fair. Mick McCarthy was there, as the usual, on the hunt for his first Roberts program, nineteen thirty-eight. Still proves elusive to him. And when I came in, I came around early, and the first thing I saw was Roberts away to Thomastown Leinster Senior Cup twenty seventeen. Oh, and it made me angry. <laughs> I was like, look at it mocking me. The only game. <laughs> The only competitive game I missed in 2017. And did you, you surely yeah, you picked it up. No. No. I was too angry. I was like, don't it. And then, 10 minutes later, Mick comes over and goes, look what I got, Carl. Thomas Town. <laughs> He'd after buying it. It's like, I can't believe I didn't have it. Uh, and um, 
Do you know Gary Spain? You probably might see him on Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's famously has every Republic of Ireland national programme ever, except one. There's no one you just can't get. It's just impossible to find. Right. And uh, I was looking around, and I was like, where's where's Gary's table? Because like, surely he'd be wearing blue, or there'd be some yeah. sort of blue. I couldn't see any blue. So I went over, and I was like, oh, that's, that sort of looks like him. Then I stared at his jersey, Then and then it just dawned on me. It's a treaty jersey. Treaty. Well, obviously he supports Treaty now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yes, yes. You, you had no idea. <laughs> that's just. It just never occurred to me not to look for blue, because like last time I saw him, Limerick were they in the league back then? Oh fuck! would have been. Yeah. I think they went down the league a few years ago, but uh, just the last time I was there, and then I kind of uh, sparked a bit of a conversation with Jim. I was like, if we changed colours. Change our colours, our name, oh God, our players, our songs, our chants. Would you still follow the club? We both we both agreed no. No, you couldn't. Fuck that. That's nuts. Couldn't do it. Yeah. So um, good stuff, Prof. Great yeah. stuff from Big Deck. Just other quick notes. Uh, Christy Fenlon. Uh, he's always these things. That's that's uh, Pat Fenlon's uncle. Big Rovers mm. fan. He has eight thousand programs. Jesus. And he is installed everywhere. He's an absolute gent. And I noticed one program on sale for twelve hundred euro. Woo! Which one? It's um, I think it was like it tends to be forties, thirties, forties around that time because they're the rarest ones. Are they just as bad as touts? These guys. I don't know. Well, there was one table. There's a fella who he's a Sligo fan, and sure enough, we just see Mick and, and Jim talking about him. I was like. Yeah, no, he's he's very expensive. <laughs> and I was asking him, like, what does expensive mean in terms of programs? Because I'm picking up the odd thing for a fiver. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Or, what would they spend on a program like? Well, they wouldn't tell me. Jim wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, disclose how much he spent on the day. Never kisses and tells. What? I was like, was it three figures, Jim? He was like, oh, <laughs> I can't But um, yeah. So that's my notes on the program fair. And finally, remember I put out there. Yes. Uh, pets named after robbers players. Go on. And we got one. Martin Janocki's dog is named Twiggy. Ah, Kenny Barrett's cat is named Twiggy. There's another one. Oh, yeah. still. Yeah. Um, I wanted to name my dog Alabama. No, wasn't allowed. Alabama Whirly. True romance. <laughs> the best characters ever in a movie. But, uh, no, wasn't allowed. But, uh, oh yeah, on dogs actually. That's why I was running late today. Uh, a dog entered the house. So I had the niece and the nephew looking after them. She was gone out to get a dress because we have a wedding coming up. So I'm juggling them all, young kids, having a bit of crack with them. And I'm putting the castle up out the back. And then all of a sudden, there's this fucking thing running around the house. And I'm like, what is this? Some random dog. So little Stella had to get dog-sitted until the owner turned up. No matter how tiny he was, I'd say it was bigger than Rosie. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Tiffany's hotline, bro. Here are the questions. So questions for Dad. Where are you from originally and where did you raise your kids? If different. At, <coughs> at what age did you introduce your child to Rovers? Was it a struggle to keep them forced to occupy the games? Did you notice a turning point when they genuinely got interested? And questions for son or daughter. What's your earliest memories of going to games? Was it a case of initially wanting to be with your dad where it was on a Friday night and when it did get to a point where you loved it, were you asking to go to every game? Did the rest of the family have any interest in Rovers? And two... Just from a personal point of view, <coughs> uh, I couldn't relate to any of this. Because oh, you're right. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, same for you. Like, but my dad actually did start going to Robbers games in the late fifties, but he was very young, mm. and he I think he only went for a few years, and then he and I quote 
discovered drink and women. Haha. <laughs> so that was the end of that. Don't they all go hand in hand? <laughs> so like, usually goes great with those things. It's weird because he can rattle off the whole 50s team. But then as soon as I mention a 60s player to him, he's like, no, don't remember him. <laughs> the fucking six in a row. Um, what's dad's standout memory of you at a game during, before or after? What's your favourite memory of dad? Do you have a photo of your of you together at a game? And question for you both, what's the funniest memory? What's the biggest thing you two disagree on about Rovers? This is a good one. <clears throat> what's the worst show dad has ever made that never let him forget? Uh, winner for this one, listening up, it's James Cook. James Cook wins this by a mile. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, something he got terribly wrong about a Rovers player and manager. Yeah, James Cook, champ. What story has he told you too many times to count? I'm guilty of that with you, Prof. Telling the same fucking story 20 times. <laughs> the Kenny Barry one. What, were your, what was your match day routines when you first started going to games? Is it different now? Have you a favourite seat? Do you travel together separately? Do you hang out with different friends? One goes to the suite, one stays in the stand. Are there any traditions passed down by dad's uh, father, your granddad, or going to football games, or anything that's important to you and that you still follow today? And what, in your own opinions, have been the best podcast features this half of the year? We're doing our own first half, best 11, Prof. <laughs> Are we, yeah, so we gave people a list. Uh, first half of 2022. Player fans interviews, Tiffany's hotlines, and there was one in memoriam. I know Big Deck aired last week, but by the time I sent this to people, Big Deck hadn't even aired yet. Um, So, yeah, so people picked out their best podcast features. So, you got three questions. Yeah, so, bonus question How many away games do you get to in a season? Some, most, or all? And if you don't get to many, what stops you from going? And finally, describe Oriel Park in one word. Uh, no, one, no one said Chernobyl I'm surprised by that Depressing Grim. Disgusting Bleak Inbred Bleak Wake <laughs> um, So part one prof We have five dads and sons Answering your questions So here we go Hotline Hi lads Paul Hayden here with son Niall uh, I was originally actually born in Melbourne And Came home and lived in Rathfarnham. Grew up there and then got married in 87 and moved here to Temple Oak. And this is where Noel and Emma, my two children, have lived with me since. Uh, my favourite first match he ever went to, I think he was six years of age, we went to a cup replay. And I think it was actually the 14th of January 98 against Drada and Tolkien Park. Uh, we won 2 nil and... Uh, it was his first introduction to Rovers. Um, I always found that he watched the matches and he was very happy once we managed to get chips at half time, especially in the Talca era. Uh, I suppose the, the time I noticed that he was really into it was probably 2005 because for a few years he didn't ask me about going again. Suddenly uh, he asked to, to go to the Bowles match in 2005 and I think ever since then we've We've gone to the most matches. Uh, I knew that it kind of meant a whole lot to him. And he was really getting the, the feel for Rovers, especially that 2005 season. We got relegated and I remember I couldn't actually make that match. But he rang me and he was most obsessed telling me what happened that night against Dublin City. Now, my earliest memories um, are probably that 2005 season. I don't actually remember much or anything really of going to the games around 98 i remember going to ireland games with them from around 99 2000 on but i don't remember much about rovers games at all until uh 2005 um, and and sort of that first game and we were just i was just out of secondary school and we were playing balls first game of the season and um 
Yeah, just me and Mike Carl, we were talking about it in school and I said we go home and I'd ask, ask Dad to bring us to that one. And uh, from then on, we never really looked back. It was just straight away, wanted to go every week, straight off from that. Uh, the rest of the family, uh, well, Dad got it down from my granddad, so he was a Rovers fan. I uh, have a sister, Emma, so she has no interest in Rovers at all or football in general. And uh, recently, my son, Robbie, he's he's going to be six at the end of this month. He started to come to a few games. He's been at most of the home games this season. And he's been at a couple of the Dublin aways as well. So it's a, it's a fourth generation of Rovers that Robbie is now. And then hopefully my younger son, Luke, will be coming along with us in a couple of years as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my dad, Sean, would have been brought me to my first match in 68. And I kind of fell in love with the hoops from then on. Uh, and as I then passed on to Niall, and then we have Robbie, and uh, we actually have our own flag that we got done up last year for the Hato Hoops, uh, the four generations. So, yeah, it's great that uh, we have uh, another generation coming along. Uh, I suppose my favourite memory, really, being with Niall and Match, will have to be the, the Cup final in the Aviva, um, when that final penalty went in from Gary O'Neill. Just uh, the hugging and jumping up and down and celebration was, uh, yeah, it was a magic moment. Uh, there's been a lot of magic moments, but that was really the standout one. Right. Obviously, we've had great nights together when Rovers win leagues and Brown, UCD, and then we've had a good few European matches. But yeah, definitely the the cup final was was the best one ever. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. My favourite memory with going against the dad is the cup final. We've had our Great memories going to many European trips over the years, but they had a cup final in 2019 was just topped it off. It was my first time seeing Rovers win the cup. He'd been waiting over 30 years to see it happening again. So just when the when the winning panel went in, just the two of us turning to each other and, and hugging, it was it has to be my favourite memory. And um, it was a great photo of as well. We have uh, up on the, the mantelpiece in the house here of the two of us at the end of that game. So that would definitely be my favourite photo of the two of us from a game. Again, there is there's loads of them. From all over Europe, there's loads of pictures, but uh, yeah, that one after the cup final would uh, would have to be the favourite one. Then um, funniest memory for me, anyway, uh, would have been in Copenhagen in I think it was 2011. Uh, it was just me and him. Didn't have any, none of my mates went to that trip. So just me and Dad went over, and it was the night before the game, and it was well into the early hours of the morning, and we were in um, we were in a nightclub at this stage, and some English. Blow came up to dad and uh, I don't know, so he probably would have been a good 15, 20 years older than me, but still considerably probably 10 years younger than dad at the time. And he was just chatting away with him. And I don't think he even realized my presence. He was talking to dad and whatever, one thing led to another. And all of a sudden he was asking dad if he fancied a threesome with himself and his missus. <laughs> at that point, uh, dad introduced him to me. He said, oh, this, this is my son, Niall. And at the time it was very awkward, but looking back in the now, uh, Definitely, definitely want to laugh at. Yeah, well, probably one of my funniest memories of Noel was probably actually the first match I brought him to. It was that cup replay, and I met Paddy Mowen there, and his son uh, was at the match too, uh, Mowy, and Noel was down the front with all the Rovers fans watching the match anyway, so came home anyway. And, his mum asked him how he got on, you know, and he said it was great. And she said, well, what, what, was the, what was the match any good? Yeah, but the singing was singing was the best part of it, you know. And she said, well, what were you singing? Oh, the Drogheda fans and Drogheda team were all sheep shaggers and the referee was a wanker. So 
it almost put an end to encounter rovers but uh lucky enough she uh she gave him a free one on that one and he's been going ever since uh the thing we disagree on most and there's not too much we disagree on um in terms of the football side of things but the, the main one is supposed to be the whole dublin gaa issue we used to go to the games together up until i was i don't know whatever age 13 14 and when the whole stadium tobacco started uh i gave it up and he kept going and uh, i understand why like he'd been going with his friends for as long as he'd been going to rover so he might be able to acknowledge why we don't like the gaa but i can understand why it's hard to stop going to games when you've been going to them for so long yeah I'd say it's not really a major disagreement, but yeah, I totally understand what that happened between the Dublin County Board and Rollers in the stadium. I wasn't happy with it, but uh, I was married to a mead woman and we used to always go to Dublin mead games. And then as a family, we went to Dublin matches as well. And uh, we kept going, obviously, Noel stopped going when the whole thing happened in Court Junction. But uh, myself and Lily and Emma kept going, and we kept going more or less up to when Lily passed away a few years ago. So basically, at the oh, my life at the moment is that I have two kids, Noel, my son. I go to all the Rovers games and some other games with him, and I go to the Dublin matches with my daughter Emma. And uh, it's it's probably it's probably the happiest things I, I do with my kids and. I don't really want to stop it, even though I do understand that a lot of Rovers fans have a major grievance with the GAA. But that's just my reason why I still go. Dad, he hasn't, Dad hasn't had too many bad shouts that I can really think about at Rovers. Now, he has some awful opinions in general, and football-wise. But when it comes to Rovers, he's usually bang on, from what I can say. But... Uh, probably the one thing that stands out was he, he voted for Eden Boyle as Young Player of the Year a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018, the year Bazunu actually won it. So yeah, I'd have to say that because you can't be voting for Eden Boyle to be to, for anything really. Uh, a story he's told me many times would be probably um, the way he used to go to matches himself when he was younger. I've heard that one a lot of times, how he used to walk up from Ratfarnham to Milltown along the daughter and the group would split up. And, half of them going one side of the road and half on the other side of the road and they'd kick a ball back and forth the whole way up from from Raffarnham to Milltown. So I've heard that one many a time. I suppose our match routines probably have changed. Like, traditionally, as I said, that was the way myself and I used to go down to, to Milltown. And uh, then when we started going with Noel, basically you had to more or less travel to the home and away games back then. And either myself or Paul Cairns used to do the driving and bring them the lads to the the home and away games. And I suppose that was like that. And we actually got to Tala. And I suppose now since Tala, and especially since the the suite is now open, and we we have our season ticket holders and they were members that we we now go together and we go for points. And of course, we have a want to raise curries now at every home game. So. Yeah, I suppose things have changed, but I think they've changed for the better, and it's always good crack of meeting the other lads up at the, the suite before the match. And yeah, but that's kind of our, our routine nowadays. We've kind of split up on away games recently. We were, we used to go on the Tallahoops bus together, and then the Gary Twig one. 
But now in more recent years, I'd get the Tifties bus and Dad will get the Wack Express from the Pines. Although he has been on the Tifties bus a couple of times himself. So. Yeah, I usually sit up the front uh, and leave all the mayhem behind. But, uh, yeah, no, usually when Wack runs a bus from the Pines, now that I'm retired, I can just saunter down, have a couple of points before, and I know we leave a bit earlier than most of the other buses, but it's, uh, it suits me fine. My uh, one word for Oriel Park, well, I have it keyed into the phone every time, is I have it down at Shithole Park, so that would be my description of Lonnie Cow up there. Yeah, I don't think you have to overcomplicate that one. My word to describe Oriel Park would be kip, simple as. Um, away games, we go with all the away games pretty much, and most of them anyway. We, we, you'd need a a real standout reason to not go. We don't just decide to ever not go to the game. We go to most of them. I've only missed one this year, Finn Harps. Because uh, couldn't didn't have anyone to mind the kids. But, uh, Dad's been at all the away game, home home and away games this year. So yeah, it's usually made, it might might be the odds holiday might clash, but you know we try to basically book holidays around the over season, especially now it comes into the a bit of a run in Europe, so kind of yeah, trying to not get anything to clash with that. And so the only other reason I might miss a game would be. Through illness, and that happened last year when I got COVID and I couldn't go to the last match to see the, the presentation. But yeah. my three favourite podcasts from this season, I have to say, first would be the the green I wanted to start the season. I just thought what he was saying gave a great insight to the, the current group of players and management and just just how they get it. They really understand the club, and we knew that anyway. But that podcast just really gave a really good insight into to how much they understand. The, the club and the fans and everything and uh, it's just a great group of players and management that we have at the club now and then um, secondly uh, the Roddy one purely for entertainment value even though I didn't believe a word he was saying but you might as well have had Roddy Doyle on reading the novel he spoke so much spoof but entertainment wise it was a, it was a good, good listen uh, thirdly I'd say um, the one from the DIH uh, with the the Pride of Rings and lads, that was very interesting as well. And I think I have to give them a call out, otherwise they wouldn't be they wouldn't be too happy if I didn't mention that one. So they were the three I'd go for. Yeah, my three would be yeah, definitely enjoy the Aaron Green one. Made insight into the club. Uh, I also enjoyed Roddy Morris for the, the the comedy element of it. And the other one that I really enjoyed was actually the Sean Francis one. Um, it was kind of a period where I wasn't probably going as regularly and it was nice to kind of listen to him talking about the times when the club was probably struggling because we were in Talca Park and various other grounds. And as I say, I didn't always go that often back then. So it was nice to kind of be filling in a, a good few blanks uh, for me and, and my and many years of Horton Rovers. Thanks, lads. Yeah, thanks, lads. Well, I hope so. All the best. How's it going? This is Jay and Sean McLean doing the uh, Tifties Father's Day uh, questionnaire. So, uh, first one, I'm originally from uh, Talla, and then I moved to Ballybrack, and I raised Sean. Well, Sean's a Ballybrack man, but he also has big rings and connections. Uh, he, what age was he introduced to Rovers? About five minutes old. Uh, there's a photograph of him in the... Rovers program of when he was about five minutes and there's a picture of a Rovers scarf involved in it. Uh, no, it wasn't a struggle to keep him occupied at games. He's been into football since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. So uh, there was no uh, turning point really. He's, he's, he's always been into football. 
my earliest memory of going to games together was probably the first game in Tallinn in 2009. It's the one I remember the best. The two one I think it was against Sligo, Twig and Baker scored. Um, initially it was was a case of wanting to be somewhere do something with me dad every Friday, and then when I was about 14 or 15, it just turned into me just wanting to always go more so. And too cool to hang around <laughs> me now. Um, yes, uh, my auntie and uncle are both Rovers fans. Uh, standout memory of again of of Sean at a game. Uh, I suppose going to the, the to the cup final together that was something special. Um, yeah, so that'd be the standout memory. That would probably be my favourite memory as well. I just remember winning on the penals and the two of us hugging. Uh, favourite photo would be uh, again as Sean mentioned the first game in Tallaght. Uh, of a picture of the two of us together there. That, so that's 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 a special one. Um, funniest memory? I don't, I don't know. I can't think of it. Can you? Down in Sligo a few years ago. Really? When they were throwing stones at us, you hopped over the fit, over the wall straight away to them. I really don't remember <laughs> that. Don't remember that. Back down. Uh, biggest thing we disagree on about Roberts? Not not a lot. We're not we're not the argumentative type. Two two of us are, are quite uh, easy going. Um, the worst show that I've ever made that I won't let me forget. He thought Paggio was going to be the next Rovers manager, but I think that was more of his love for Paggio than really thinking he was <laughs> going to be the Rovers manager. <laughs> uh, what stories he told me too many times to count. Again, about Paggio and the Cup trophy hitting off his head and down in Bray, but you'd know they're mates anyway, smaller stories they tell. Uh, match day routines. Uh, well, just. Sean comes over to the over to the house, gets in the car, and we go to the game. <laughs> then we go up and have a have a well, have a drink now because he's eight in. Um, uh, uh, and, 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 a, and a curry, one of Ray's curries, and then we uh, we we go our separate ways then because he's too cool to hang around with his owl at, at the games. But I, I I hope to have him back uh, when he, you know when he when he gets a few, a few more years under his belt, and he'll, he'll be back sitting with his old man. Uh, there's no real traditions. My, my dad wasn't a wasn't a football fan at all, really. Uh, so it, the, 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 the the Rovers thing in the family kind of started with me setting him up with me, my cousin, uh, Larry, who sadly passed. He uh, he was a big Rovers fan back in the day himself. So um, that's 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 that. Um, best podcast for me would have been uh, what you call it, Roddy. Uh, I just thought that was quality. My favourite one would be the recent one with the Pride of Rings End lads with Sean Gannon and Sean Cavanagh on it as well. They can tell the two lads really care and love their overs. Uh, we get the mouse games, right? yeah. Uh, we, get the, we get the mouse games. We, I get to as many as I can when I'm not playing my own football, but I've stopped trying on a Friday oh, for the moment. You so. sneak that in, who do you, who do you play for? <laughs> uh, yeah, so as many as possible, really. And who do you play for again? Bray. Who, uh, who do you want to play for? <laughs> well, you finally describe Oriel in one word. Shithole. Shit <laughs> I think that's it, is it? That's it. Right. Cheers. Thanks. How's it going, lads? It's Sean and James Cooker. Thanks very much for having us back on. Okay, so in terms of um, where am I from originally, I'm, I'm originally from Pimlico and the Liberties, but uh, living in Ailes being Tallaght for the, the past 28 years, so... Probably still a blow in, but uh, anyhow, that's where I'm from initially. Um, in terms of the age, uh, brought the, the kids. Well, I brought both both my sons, Sean and Keen, 
um, when they're around two years of age. And obviously, initially, the attention span is zero at that age. And obviously, they're more interested in what's going on around them, the crowd, the noise, and of course, the goodies from the shop. But gradually over time, um, the interest in what's going on the pitch takes over. And that's uh, it's a great turning point to reach. So, happy days for that. Um, no, there was no particular turning point. They said it was gradually just uh, it was a gradual process, but um, they got there eventually. And just on myself, there, the earliest memory I can really think of would be probably Cove, the night we won the first division. That, or I think in the same season, it was me, myself, and sorry, me, my brother, and my sister were mascots for the Pats game in the cup. So I'd say either either of them travelling down to Cove or the being mascot for the Pats game would be my earliest memories. Um, yeah, well, I suppose, I, I think, like, any kid, like, growing up, your dad is your hero, like, and you kind of want to just do whatever they're doing, and it's like, they're going to the shop, it's like, oh, can I come? Like, so, just, yeah, of course, like, on a Friday night, like, it's like, oh, you're going to the match, yeah, can I go? And I think I, I went through, as most people probably did at that stage, like, a year maybe where I had no interest in going or whatever, still very young, like, but... Just then when I kind of started understanding it a bit more and stuff, like, I just loved it, like, just couldn't get enough of it and I just couldn't wait to go on a, on a Friday night. Uh, the rest of the family, just really my brother. My brother and my granddad would have went years ago in Milltown, but myself, my brother now both have little boys, so fingers crossed all going well. There'll be two more hoops in the next few years. In terms of... Um standout memory of the of the lads um at the match i think my standout memory was without doubt uh, the first game in Tallaght because the two lads Sean O'Keefe would have been dragged around so many um so-called home grounds over the years places like Sandry and Richmond and uh Tallaght etc and uh, of course they got the usual slagging in school um from the so-called United Liverpool fans for following Rovers so for me, like that was their reward, you know, and also to have my late dad there on the night was uh, it was very special as well. So that'd be my standout memory. Uh, probably my standout memory would probably be it's kind of a recent enough one, the cup semi final against Bowles. Obviously, like most people, we were all nervous wrecks leading up to that game, but we to have more so literally was refusing to go. Genuinely saying, no, I'm not going, but I insisted on getting him a ticket, and even up until the day, said he wasn't going, but convinced him anyway drove out there and then after the game he came over and gave me a big hug and said thanks so much for uh for making me go so yeah that's probably my best memory um in terms of uh <clears throat> funniest memory i think over the years one of the funniest memory was the time we we flew down to Colve. the three of us flew down to Colve uh, to see us win the fourth division title and um we were staying in a hotel that could um you could probably only describe it as being faulty towers um, there was staff encouraging us to complain about the room to get a discount, which which we did and which worked. There was staff drinking on duty and uh, the bar staff eventually abandoned the bar and they told the Rovers fans to look after themselves and leave the money so you can sort of guess how, how well that went. Um, even when we came down for breakfast uh, the next morning, the session was still in full flow and there was, uh, I always remember, I think it was Jason Maloney um, showing a, a group of American tourists to the to their uh, breakfast uh, table, so yeah, great memory, very funny. Um, there wouldn't really be anything we disagree on, to be honest, we're usually kind of on the same page, like if, if we were shy, we'd both come home and say, yeah, shy tonight, or if we are good, we're, we're usually on the same page. 
Um, this is the easiest answer for me by a country mile. <laughs> the worst show he's ever had was on the start of the season podcast, where in Ethan Boyle's first season for Rovers, he predicted him to be player of the year. So that's yeah, easiest one for me by a mile. Um, a story he's told me too many times to count. <sighs> Jesus, how long have you got? <laughs> Most of them, like, but the one probably that's come up the most is when Rovers played Linfield in Europe in the 80s that he had a ticket for the game was told by his job that you can't go and went anyway and, and got sacked the next day so that's probably the one that's come up the most yeah um, in terms of match day routines um, I go to the east stand and Sean goes to the south stand so um, we started doing our own thing but we'd often have a pre-match uh, point in, in, the, in the suite together so that's always nice you know um, in terms of the uh, favourite three podcast uh, features this season, I'd have to go with uh, the Aaron Green one, um, Sean Francis, and then the recent one from Rings End. That was that was an absolute cracker, you know, really really good. Yeah, myself on that, I've actually uh, Green and myself, the Rings End one, and surprisingly Roddy. I thought now I'd probably just got get wound up listening to Roddy, but I actually really enjoyed it. Um, in terms of away games, I don't really go to away games anymore. Um, I went for years, so I sort of feel of sort of er, earned me away days for tournaments, if you want, you know, for once for a better award. But look at, uh, obviously, I fully respect those who still go, especially those of, a, of the older generation. So fair play to them. Um, and myself on that, um, a few years now, a few years back, I probably would have been going to most, but just in recent years with work commitments, I haven't been able to get to it many away games in the season now but uh i've a i've a seven month old now as well so that's kind of that's my excuse now like not to go or whatever why i can't get to them but i still get to as many as i as i can anyway in terms of the uh display barrier park in one word i think it's very very hard to display barrier park in one word there's, there's several uh words you could you could um used to, to describe it but if i had to just nail one more down it would just be a kip simple as it always has been i think it always will be so that's that yeah that's exactly what i had as well <laughs> all right lads listen thanks for the opportunity and uh, keep on hoping thanks very much lads cheers hi lads willie hopkins here i'm with uh, my son kane hopkins um, i'm originally from drimna we're currently living in crumlin um, we're rovers fans mainly because my father who's from rings end was a big rovers fan so through him, I started being a Rovers fan and obviously followed the kids followed on after me. Um, I introduced my kids to a young age to Rovers, generally around, around three or four. Uh, at some stage, I would have brought them. I have three children, all three of them, all Rovers fans, and uh, introduced them quite early. Um, it was a bit of a struggle sometimes to, uh, to, uh, to keep them occupied at, occupied at games. Um, Kane, for example, if you ask him how many floodlights there are in Tala, he'd be able to tell you because he used to spend a lot of games counting them. <laughs> and it became a big running joke in the family about Kane counting floodlights. Um, we noticed a turning point when they were more interested when they started actually playing football themselves with their local teams. Once start, the interest became um, when they were playing, then they started more interested in the games that were they were watching see how players moved and, and how they defended and stuff like that my earliest memory of going to games i, I would have been in talca but the ones i can actually remember uh start at around 2009 2010 when we were in tala um i just remember like players like twiggy and stuff like that um and obviously vague memories of counting floodlights 
I uh, I'd always had a season ticket just because my dad would always buy one for me and uh, like my brother and sister. Um, I'd say around I would have been about seven or eight when I actually properly got interested in the games, and uh, from there I just wanted to go to every single one of them. Yeah, all the family are interested. We're all Rovers fans. My eldest son um, was living in Cork now. Uh, he has a Rovers tattoo, and I have a Rovers tattoo. And my daughter uh, Roshi and she is planning, I believe, on getting a Rovers tattoo somewhere on the line so yeah so it takes on from as I said earlier my father so we, yeah we're all big Rovers fans including the missus who's a, an event junkie she comes to all the big games or travelling away with us all the family members interested in Rovers yeah um, when I was growing up in Drimna my um, elder brother and his friends would be Pats fans. So I remember being, if I wanted to go to a game, I would have been too young to travel out to Milltown. So I'd have been dragged down to Inchico with him and his friends. And I always remember standing in the home end, and particularly when we were playing Rovers. And when Rovers scored, I'd celebrate it. Um, to usually to, <laughs> to go to getting slapped or kicked from other Pats fans. Um, but as my father was a Rovers man, I always stuck with him and I stuck with Rovers. One of the standout memories I have of Kane at, they would have been in the cup final against Sligo. Um, I remember him just, we were all standing, standing on the seats trying to see the game and he was sitting down. I said to him, you're not watching the game? And he goes, I'm watching it on the telly because he couldn't, he was so young, he was trying to stand up, he couldn't see it. Um, the other proudest moment of having him when the, he's obviously he does some work for the Shamrock Rovers media team and he was on the pitch um, videotaping everything and he'd be on at the end of the game. I think it was particularly one of the DA Sports Cup final, he was taking all the photographs. Obviously, more recently, after the celebrations of Patella when we won the league, he was on the pitch um, doing some video working for the club and really, really proud and standout moment for me, that would be. One of my favourite memories of me, dad, a Rovers match would have been in 2018. He had a hip surgery and uh, we drove down to the game against Galway and uh, Gary Shaw scored last minute for us to win the game. And this lad, on crutches, decides to try to do a pitch invasion and he was struggling to get over the wall and I was just watching him. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, one, of, one of the major things uh, we disagreed on was... Uh, my dad thought uh, Cameron King was player of the No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, no, no, we don't, we don't disagree on much. Um, probably team selection is the one that we'd argue over most. Uh, the, the worst shout my dad has ever made was, um, I don't know what game it was. It was during the lockdown anyway. And uh, we were watching one of the games on the, one of the streams. And he, he went to shout for uh, Liam Scales. Um, but instead of shouting Limo or, or Scalesy, he shouted Schemo. And it was like the whole family were just looking at him like, wait, what's he trying to say? It was, yeah, we, we don't let him forget that anyway. Also, one of the, one of the things I don't let him forget, um, it's not a shout, but we were, uh, I think it was the Bray game. Uh, he was walking into the ground with a bottle of water and one of the stewards wanted to open the bottle because he thought there was like vodka in it and he wanted to sniff it so with that opened the cap and put the put the bottle right up to his nose and so your man leaned in and he squeezes the bottle and absolutely drenches your man and it was ah oh, that that was funny uh, one one of the stories he does not shut up about is uh, singing in the rain in uh, Medina and uh, and being under the stand. Yeah, he he just likes to rub it in because uh, I was too young to go. Or or White Hart Lane, he just he just does not shut up about it. We generally have the same routine when we go to games. I like to get the match um, early, early-ish, not too early, but. Uh, we just to get parking in the square or up at the stadium. We stand in the same spot. We had the same. Um, seats in the east stand and then we've moved to the south stand we all stand together all around uh, 
in block Y. Um, uh, we now obviously go to the bar uh, and the suite before the game, have a have a Coke or a Heineken Zero. Uh, so it's pretty routine stuff that we do. We just I don't I like to be games early. I don't like to rush. I want to make you know try and get the team sheet, have a look, and generally just uh, chill out before the game just, starts. Just, just enjoy the day. Yeah, yeah, to make it a more memorable moment. There's not many traditions that we would. Well, there's actually no traditions that we passed down. My dad, although he's a big Rovers fan. And in his younger years, he followed rovers all around the place. But uh, as everything else, when once you get married and you raise a family, that takes priority, and you spend a lot of time in work. So um, he had stopped going to games then. Um, so I don't know if there's any little traditions that the kids may have. My kids have picked up that they may follow today. I don't seem to. I don't think there is. Is there? If there's anything that you do? No, no. There's, there's nothing really. No, no. There's no traditions. Yeah, for podcasts, the best one for me would be number three would be Aaron Green one. I enjoyed that. Um, the Barry Morphy one I really enjoyed because um, it was actually recorded in my sitting room. I, I wasn't here that day because I was at work. And number one for me would be the spoofer Roddy Collins because either I have dementia or Alzheimer's, either he has because um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember it differently, the stuff that he was telling me. I uh, listened to three guys together. I thought it was that comedy trio, Foil Hogs and Arms, with a new show or something because Roddy Collins is a spoofer. Uh, yeah, Roddy would be in my top three as well. Uh, his book belongs in the fiction section. Uh, anyone that says elsewise is, uh, is also a spoofer. Uh, I love the green one. Um, obviously, I really liked the, the Barry Murphy one as well because uh, I was there when it was filmed. And um, yeah, he's he was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, but uh, one of one of my favorites would have been uh, the one with Con and Garts. Um, yeah, they're just generally very entertaining to listen to. Um, that's obviously why they're the two commentators now. We tried to get as to many games away games as possible throughout the season. Uh, the only things that really stop us from away games is either weddings or funerals. Uh, in fairness, we have a wedding next week and we're leaving early. It's a three-day wedding and we're leaving early on the Friday morning to go to the Dundalk game, which hasn't gone down well. But hey, priorities. Rovers are our first love, so that takes priority over everything. <laughs> Describe Aria Park in one word. Shehal. Squalor. Uh, yeah, that's us. Uh, thanks, lads. Uh, Thank you. Uh, keep up with all the good work. David and... Daniel Cleary, uh, I was born in Sandy Mount, uh, Stones Throw from where Rovers were born. I now live in Ballantyre, um, that's where I raised my kids. Uh, first, Daniel's first game was actually in Richmond Park, I was less than one at the time. Um, the time he, I actually had never had an issue with Daniel um, to keep him occupied. Molly would be a different story, Deck used to call her. Um, uh, Duracell Bunny, but luckily we had the Fords to help us out on that one. Um, I think the change for Daniel came with the first game in Tala, and he just seemed to take it off from there, um, from whatever, for whatever reason. Um, my, my earliest memories are going to games, then I think the the first memory that springs to mind would have been the first game in Tala, would have been one of the first games that I was actually interested in. And there was a particular steward who happened to stand in front of me for the whole 90 minutes. And you must have asked him to move three or four times. And the poor fellow was probably only doing his job and just sat in front of me and made sure that I could see very little of the whole game, which was great crack. Um, I think it was... 
a case initially of, of wanting to be with dad to a point, but also I always had massive interest in football. So Rovers was kind of in the blood. I didn't have a huge amount of choice in supporting Rovers. Like I was going to games at six months old. Robert Coggins was a pitcher of me in a program from 2004 or some stage as a baby looking very bewildered. So what's your uh, standout memory of me at a game? Um, well, one of them is when you were actually doing the mascot for Kazan, the first game we ever played in the Europa League that time. And afterwards I asked you, says, what was it like? And you said it was good and whatever. And I said, Aunt Nelson, you said that the captain you were with was very smelly. <laughs> so we were all taken aback a little bit by that. But having got it, more details from you, we realised that it was actually the smell of wintergreen. And the whole tunnel was probably totally and utterly covered in it. So it was just one of those funny things from a kid that you wouldn't get from. To clarify, that was the real one because I'm a captain and not Dan Murray. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one would have been in Cyprus when Greener got that fantastic goal. And the next thing I saw was you and someone else rolling down the terraces or the the steps there. Um, and after I... Made sure you were okay. It was just so funny to 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 recall that. That's... I happened to be wearing a pair of white shorts as well. It was about thirty five <laughs> degrees and ended up in somebody's coke, which was <laughs> slightly unfortunate. I suppose at least it wasn't beer. Yeah, exactly. My favorite memory of you at a game would probably have been one of those European trips. I'd say possibly Portugal for that Atlantic Cup would have been the first time I was actually away with Rovers. I don't know what my my first away game was. I assume it was probably like UCD or Bray. But um, I think that one would have to be the the trip to Portugal was just something different. And because it was a, a friendly tournament, it was quite laid back as well. Um, I think the funniest memory for me is probably the, the Cypriot one as well, rolling around Nicosia in Coke after Aaron Green scored from about 40 yards. <laughs> and I think it was about two weeks afterwards as well, we were in, was it Inchicor? And I did something similar <laughs> because... I think, again, it was Aaron Green who was through on goal, and he managed to miss. <laughs> I thought he wasn't going to miss, because he was one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. <laughs> There's not a huge amount we uh, disagree on about Rovers, really, though, is there? No, the odd player, that would be about it. Yeah, the worst shout you've ever made, I don't know. You certainly didn't think Killian Brennan coming back was a good idea. I think I was willing to, to give him a second chance initially. And probably uh, Korea Gilbert, I was... Willing to give a chance to considering the guy in the Champions League. And the story you told me too many times to count is a lovely story, actually, that um, I have no issue hearing. Is you and Big Deck walking around Kazan looking for Russian dolls for Molly. Um, I think that just kind of encapsulates Deck as a person to follow you around in minus 20 degrees looking for Russian dolls. Because Molly wanted them and... He was willing to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our match day routines um, are obviously very different now, aren't they? Yeah, well, we all used to go together. So it was the whole family, it was a family thing. Now, with you doing the PA, it's um, us doing our thing and you doing your thing very, very early. Yeah, I've actually <laughs> only ever watched one match from the South Stand. Uh, every other game has been in the press box since I started doing the PA. It was the nil all draw against Dundalk at the start of the 2019 season. It was a fairly boring game. Is my only experience of the South Stand. I would kind of like to try it at some stage, I suppose. It's yeah. It's 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 actually 
when it's full, it's great, but it can be a bit hectic as well. Any traditions passed down by your dad? It has to be the one about him not leaving early. It's the only one he really had. Don't don't never leave before the final whistle. That was the only one. We did break that for the uh, EA Sports Cup game against Bray a few years ago where Leon was in goal. That's right, he went to we penalties lost. after extra time, yeah. Yeah, when it was freezing cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. We did, yeah, that's, that we did actually let him down on that one. Forehand budget yeah. kicked the bar that day, if you remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. So our, the best podcast features this year, I think one would have to be uh, the lads from Clear the Head. Yeah, I enjoyed that, yeah. Uh, what else would you go? The Rings End one was good for me because um, it, 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 Richie Kern and David Kern and I know really well. Jody Bourne I used to know really well from the four in a row team. Haven't seen Jody in years, and it was nice to actually hear hear him talking so well about Rovers again. Um, I had so many conversations with Jody about that four in a row team and afterwards as well. Um and suppose the big Declan from last week, you know, yes, a, a lovely yeah. tribute to him. Yeah, exactly. I did the one initially done about Big Deck as well. I know it's not from this year, but um, yeah, and the one from my dad, but that wasn't this year either. So it was um they they were they were all really really I suppose personal, but that's mm. that, that's the way it goes. Uh, away games in a season, I think you'd have to call it some rather than most or all. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mainly because you're in work and up until now I've been in school. Hopefully, college <laughs> next year lets me get a little bit more freedom. And the last question we've been asked is to describe Oriel Park in one word. <laughs> Plastic. <laughs> Beautiful. In a very sarcastic Plastic way. Plastic with lots of black stuff on it. <laughs> Kip. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, congrats to James Cook for having the worst show in the history of Rovers Football Club. <laughs> My God, Booker and and Hing were great. Um, but yeah. I wonder if they ever did have that threesome. You gotta watch out for those threesomes. And you gotta watch out for them threesomes. They just spring up on you. Tell you, they're rampant. Did you know that Booker Senior was born in Melbourne? Yeah, no, not at all. No, that was news to me now. Um, yeah, James Cook. I know we're picking. Cook it, senior. <laughs> Prof, what's his name? Listen, I know his name, right? We want, we want to keep it private, all right? It's insulting that you would ask me what his name is, what we the want, man's name is. We want to keep is. it private. We don't want to divulge information of our activities, <laughs> listeners. It's We have class. Now we're picking on uh, James Cook here, but he's challenging <clears throat> Milner. He's challenging his record for highest number of, in terms of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. a lot of those. And fair play to Sean uh, McLean taking out time from his leave cert to record that one. Oh, he's a busy boy. Stuff. Busy, busy boy. Playing for Bray Cabo as well. Yeah, scoring crackers. And as you know now, the Bray Larrys have taken to attacking old stewards with sticks. <sighs> what was that about, man? They're stewards, man. They're old stewards. Why bother? Bunch of fucking... They don't want the smoke. Come to Tala. Take that smoke. <laughs> they don't want it. Ridiculous carry on, man. Um, moving on to congratulations, Prof, to Richie Tell and Rory Gaffney, who've nominated for the SSC Artricity Player of the Month. Richie Tell! I just, that actually didn't register with me. Even though I wrote it down, I was like, oh. Congratulations on his wedding, anyway. Well, well he scored a goal. That's what I thought you were leading up to. Congratulations on his wedding. Well, we did that last week. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, because I didn't think there was any congratulations due. Could well, be. listen, roll on, Richie. Ro- late, roll on, Richie. Roll on, late run, Richie. In uh, Europe, please. Let's hopefully he uh, he starts. Gaffney's on one. Hasn't won any of these, has he? For well, he might have won for Limerick, but don't, I didn't check. But uh, 
If Gaffney scores more goals, he wins that every month. Look, how did Lyons not win that month where he scored yeah, four or five yeah. goals? Now, this is, a, this is a, the opinion of a couple of possibly biased journals as well, so I wouldn't I wouldn't pay too much attention to it. Like. The real one to pay attention to was Gaffney got chosen on the last year's team of the season, and that was voted by players. So that shows how much players acknowledge how good Gaffney is. He yeah. terrorised them. So that made a lot of sense that they picked him. Ooh, prof, Galway friendly. Absolutely sweating here. It's ridiculous. It's very, very warm. And the province is, is fucking packed. I saw that on the way home. A lot home, of people yeah. with black toys. I'm guessing. Some looks, some looks sort very, of event on or, or box social or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, very tempted. Go down and swamp a few points. But um, yes, the Galway game, prof, finished nil on Tala last Friday. Ridiculous conditions. Where the weather was the opposite. Uh, <laughs> a, a drenched Tata Stadium. One, one or two. One or two of our lads in the group went to it. And I think there was a response of, get a fucking job. Or <laughs> <laughs> a girlfriend. Only real fans went to this game. That's why we didn't go. Yes, so we finished in the law, Prof. Uh, last Friday. Starting 11 was Poles. Gannon, Connor Green, Kevin Amandroyu, Gaffney, Firazaj, Firuja, McCann and Imanahyaman. <laughs> A largely second string side there, you would say, with a mix of two new young players uh, being introduced to first team football. Uh, the return of Conor Kearns. The return of Galway. Conor Kearns, yeah, a good yeah. hoop. Julian Canny, a uh, Galway fan we've interviewed before, Gar, and he <laughs> contributed to Big Deck as well. Julian Canny's a great guy. He asked me, is that the end of the streak? And I said, eh, no. <laughs> Uh, there's a new Newbridge Hoops flag the fella in the green and white short with your man's face on it um, ban from Tala please stadium ban why would you put someone why would you do that I think they might have gotten mixed up to the team that they were attending maybe it's an if they thought they were going to an Ireland game it's a bit of an Ireland gimmicky thing it's fucking stupid man he's a Pats fan first of all and it's just not funny he's actually not a Pats fan did you read him he was interviewed last year they caught up to him after 10 years and he said he knows nothing about the League of Ireland. So he didn't know who wore what. Hence the famous fed in the green and white shirt remark. Right, so uh, yeah, that's that's the end of that one anyway. And all in fairness, now I take the piss now, but... It's a bit of a stinker. So congrats to Ben Stafford on his retirement. Plenty of things to do there as well. Catch some, catch some rays in the sun. Go get to all the away games. Congratulations to Ben Stafford. A... A tifty stalwart at this stage. Yeah, congrats, Ben. And with another congrats, uh, Giggsy Hand has, has twins. Yes, and uh, big congratulations. Draped in uh, Tifty's cloth. Do you notice that? Draped in Tifty's cloth. Poor children. Well, yeah, now he's got his hands full now, Prof. He has got his hands full. I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> everyone at Chamber Grove's Football Club are very saddened to learn the death of our former player manager, Noel Campbell, who passed away on Monday, the 13th of June. And this, was, this fellow spent... Go to 10 years in Germany. Uh, First Irish player to play in Bundesliga, yeah, you very, were saying. Very cool, yeah. Actually, actually did reach out to him a couple of years ago. And uh, Remember this? He, when, when I first heard that, right, I thought to myself, Prof has a story. Prof told me about this. Mm. And he never got a chance to, to interview him. He just politely declined. Just didn't really want to talk about his career, which is fair enough, not for everybody. But uh, he would have been an interesting interview, so... We'll file that under regrets, but um, yeah. What about Benny Few, in fairness, probably. Sadly, we've lost Noel Campbell. 
system manager under John Giles as well in the early 80s. Giles was off swan off to Vancouver and uh, Noel took over then when Giles left. Yeah, so um, Ireland 3, Scotland nil, Prof and uh, Kenny Ian. Didn't expect this at all. Obafemi. Oh. Can we please talk more about the assist? Don't mind the goal. Keeper all day. Keeper at Matty O'Dowd. Keeper. Holy keeper. Um, best best assist I've seen in an Ireland match. Oh. Name a better one. I, there's no better one. Duffer, Duffer Keane in Paris. Don't mind that. Yeah, that was a great ball. Don't mind but that. this is miles ahead. Absolutely outrageous. The second it happened, you get that feeling. That feeling. Where you're just like, oh, it's a little tingle. And you're like, oh my God, that is inch perfect. Lovely finish My first thought, genuinely my first reaction was to look in the top left corner. And I thought I had accidentally changed channels. (laughs) I was like, that can't be Ireland. Perhaps like, uh, Brazil? It's just like watching Brazil. (laughs) And also, we drop Hendrick and we produce our best performance in years. Coincidence? This is Jeff Hendrick and you're listening to Tales from the East Stand. Um, Robertson... And McTominay being booed is possibly the biggest embarrassment in our country in years. Yeah. Because you imagine being in the section of where those fans are. Have you ever just watched something and been so embarrassed? You just want to die. Yeah, do you know what I'd have done? Did you see the footage of uh, Harry Styles gig at Ibrox? No. Right? So there's a, there's a view from the bottom tier. And watermelon sugar. Ah, and he's singing away and he's doing his thing. And then someone just drops from the top tier. That's me. When I'm in with them. <laughs> That's me. Someone literally just goes, yeah! and starts f- falls off the top tier of the Ibrox. So I just, that's me all day. Yeah, thanks very much. I'm out here. See you, lads. Yeah, Mark Lynch tweeted about it and God help him because he attracted all the usual folks. The United in the Pool fans. Basically 42,000 morons replied to him on Twitter. Oh, was it bad, yeah? I say he turned off his notifications pretty fast. And I uh, also enjoy, enjoyed this one. Ireland and Scotland fans before the game in the pub, they were singing, We hate England more than you. And they were singing, or that eventually became, We all hate England. <laughs> and then Barney replied in the chat, just very succinctly, voted to remain colonised by England. This, that shut down every conversation. I didn't want to know anything else about it. That was I was done. No, come back to that. No, come back. Hands up. Okay. Would you like to be free? No. <laughs> that's what that's what it was. Yep. So the twenty ones lost four one, and the lines evolved off the bench again. Uh, thumped around. Apparently, I didn't see the, the highlights in this one. This was a way to some really poor goals um, conceded. Still assured of a playoff though. So that's um, them thumped, yep. thumped around, and uh, Tuesday's Champions League draw. Potential opponents were Zlinski. From Bosnia and Herzegovina. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck happened there? Uh, Lech, Poznan, Poland, Hibernians, Malta, Shkupi, North Macedonia, and Dinamo Batumi is from Georgia. So I did a load of research on these, about three hours worth, and then I realised we're going to know who we have when it comes to recording. Yeah, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't like to research too much into the other four. Uh, I did, I did purposely... Um, it's like going to be a waste prep. of time then the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I did have a prep, but I was interested, like, and the one thing I took away from it is that, like, I think I wrote two pages on both, on all of them, and I could only get one on Hibernians, 
and I just thought to myself, mm-hmm. like, oh, like you had Dynamo Batumi got Russians in from the Russian league. They got a load of Georgians. They big money. They had good. You know when you see a. a a current squad wiki page filled with flags you know they have a few quid because they're importing like mercenaries and that so they were the ones to avoid the massive money 141 million they spent on a new stadium it's fucking unbelievable it looks like a mini alliance arena uh, Scooby North Macedonia decent amount of players as well with some ex ex internationals Les Bosnia I don't even need to say anything about them Bosnia wants Bosnia a very very tough draw Hibernians I just thought do you know what? This this is the one we want. They've got, I think they've got one player with a hundred caps, and um, but he's suspended. Probably, I'm nearly sure. I think because of the champions, Pat, we can still come up against these teams again, can't we? But you know, the interesting was the interesting thing was about Hibernians is that most of their players are suspended because of an Irish referee. I was reading that Hennessy. What is that? That's boy, the only favor he'll ever do us. Or um, yeah, what was it? Um, they lost. 4-1 to Riga in last year's Conference League so Hennessy was ref so he gave Riga a dubious penalty and he also ruled out a Hibernian's goal so then all these players are spending now for unsporting conduct including uh, assault allegedly on Hennessy oh. and all these players are still there plus another one got two yellows in the game so he'll miss it so that's five suspensions and that's the fourth game at home man that's us at home imagine going into fucking Malta with a 2 or 3 nil win it's a mad one but I have a few bits on Albanians right so the Peacocks they're based in Paolo 5 kilometers from the capital of Valletta and the popula- population of this little town is 9k so it's only small prof only small 9,000 every other place that I researched was over 100,000 people 13 times Maltese Premier League winners they play out of the Tony Bazina Stadium capacity is 3,000 and they were formed 100 years ago so we're looking at it's moved it's officially moved to the National Stadium isn't it yeah yeah uh, current squad has Maltese caps all over the shop. Where uh, they have a veteran Andre Agius leading the way with a century of caps. Goalkeeper Ibrahim Cohn is a Guinea international with five caps, and that's pretty much it. Other than that, there's kind of Maltese caps here and there. Stefano Sandera has been the gaffer since July 2018, and they've one thing that I'm worried about: Portuguese striker Hugo Vieira. He seems to be their danger man. Danger man, 33 years of old, goal scoring, goal scoring stints at Yokohama Marinos. And Red Star Belgrade, where he got over twenty goals at each stint at the at the club. So mm. Hugo Vieira is the man to watch out for. I reckon bit of Portuguese he flair could be a there. Threat, right? Yeah. So this is a five thousand kilometer round trip to Malta. I think most people are the routes they're taking is through uh, either Heathrow or Gatwick Airport. So I really do love when this happens. I love <laughs> seeing how creative people can be. And it's instant, isn't it? The screenshots are going up. Boom, 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 boom. Now we're on the charter. We've officially decided we're going on the charter. And we we've decided we were toying with Monday starts and thinking, but we're going to go Sunday. Get the Sunday club going. The Monday club going. Tuesday club. Get the game in. Take take the take the point. Not the points, but obviously win the game and then we're gone. But it's um yeah. You can't beat the the convenience of the charter. Um, plus, I kind of like coming back on the night. We did that for for Iceland. We got the win. Prague. I remember high fiving Gary Shaw on the plane on the way. Like it's steady. Can we can we please name and shame those people who held up our flight on the Prague return leg? I'm AKA sure. Spider Man of Ballyferma. Sure, people will reply and and uh, <clears throat> out them, but uh, I love the mad routes people come up with. I saw someone online. Can we saying, give a prize for someone who's traveling the most hours? Someone said they're going to go... I don't know if you actually booked it now, but you put it on Facebook. Going to England and Milan on the way, and then on the way back 
Venice, and then England. That's young Max Pod, SRFC, I think it was, is his name on Facebook. Fair folks, make sure you introduce the boys a point over there. That's ridiculous. Someone also suggested uh, you could get a ferry from Sicily. Oh my God, imagine. Um, Like there's, there's a lot of, yeah, there's not a lot of options because it's, like if it was, I don't know, if it was somewhere in the middle of Europe, you've got options of different airports all over the place. So we've only one airport to go to, or like you said, you can get a ferry, but um, it's in, like, there's a lot of people staying in the north, and it's a small place, so St. Julian's and Mahelia, I think, is another place as well, but this is possibly the biggest attendance of all time at an away game that in our era, possibly, by going by that, by what's what's been, been booked at the minute, so the sun yeah. just gets people, doesn't it? Yeah, looking forward to seeing the usual characters. Uh, Barry was on the lookout for his kebabs. Yep. Uh, slightly worrying was the place. What was it called? Bellini. It's a place near us, and written in big letters up above, it just goes shots, drinks, cocktails, dreams. This <laughs> see the dreams bit. <laughs> this is like five hundred meters from our hotel. Sixty shots for twenty euro. Five hundred meters. That, from that's going to cause debts. Yes, but. Do you know, listen, they'll have gone doing what they loved. But, yeah, so the dates have been confirmed anyway. The home leg, Tuesday, July 5th. Away, second leg at Centenary Stadium. Takali. Tuesday. Also, we've got uh, Stafford's cousin popping his Euro cherry in this one, I think, isn't he? A few poppers. There's yeah. a few poppers. Spragsy, young Spragsy, will be popping his one. I think Shane O'Mac, he'll be popping. Philly McGuire, little Euro virgin, he'll be popping his cherry as well. Considering that we read out the potential opponents there a moment ago. Considering everyone's mood the day before, like the options were grim, it was ominous. I was very downbeat. I was like, well, "We're hardly going to get the best one of the five. But well, we actually did, and then you're and you're just you're jumping around the place. I put, what did I put into the group? I said, "All my eggs are in the Maltese basket." I couldn't believe yeah. it when it came out. I know. Even Mick McCarthy at the program fair, it was like, I was like, he was telling me his brother or something has lived there for years, and he was trying to set up an interview for me and was like yeah but what's the chances of, of us getting this Maltese team so I wasn't really taking it that seriously but now here we are yes and um, yeah Flora beat them 5-0 on their way to meeting us last year so on paper that is encouraging and uh, did you notice Browser was on the panel for the Ireland 21s game I did and he was quite complimentary of a hmm. young goalkeeper this was quite funny um I think it was Joanne Cantwell, who uh, was normally very good, very good presenter, like asked intelligent questions, but uh, this was a bit odd. Uh, she pointed out that our physio, Tony McCarthy, played for Shelburne against uh, Herbarians 20 years ago. Right. And she framed the question as in, it's like, oh, they gave Shelburne a game, didn't they? 20 years ago. How is that relevant? How does that affect this time? I love when you get angry about these all. things. That is just so stupid. Also, I won't... But even when you go back to that, those type of things, don't they They kind of piss me off as well. Like, someone will turn around and say, oh yeah, like Riga were beaten two years ago by by this team. And you're like, it's two years ago, mate. Yeah, squads can change. Like it's two years ago, but, really. But if a team, say, got to the group stages two years ago... They've maintained the, and they the nucleus of their squad together. That could mean Ultimately, something. Ultimately, yeah. yeah. Um, I have one more rant, and that is... I can't believe you idiots... <laughs> who are just realising now... That your COVID cert is going to expire. <sighs> yeah. I walked into a clinic 
in January. Do you know why I did that? I looked at the dates in Europe Improv. for July. I'm organised. And I said, this is going to expire. I don't know where I'm going. don't know what country we're going to. I don't know what their COVID rules are going to be. So I said, jab me with one Rovers Euro away, please. <laughs> one Euro. Stick me with the Rovers away jab. And she was like, what? I, yeah, sorry, yeah, now give me the, the, boost, the boost thing, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, bro, right? It's because you're organised. One fella. There is literally no appointments, by the way. There's no appointments for boosters in City West or anything like that. There's one that's coming up this Sunday, but I'm not I'm not taking one because I'm going on Monday. I'm going to Portugal on Monday. I'm not getting a booster because that will fuck me up. I guarantee you. I'll end up <laughs> fucking sick or something. I'll get one in the chemist in the next when I come back from Portugal and then I'll have 10 days. So if you are traveling on, let's say, the 10th, like us, you will need your booster before July. You need it 10 days beforehand. I think a lot of people Get got your booster in, in June. I think a lot of people got the second jab in August. Yeah, yeah I did as well. Mine was October. October 5th. So mine is mm. July 5th. I can travel to where I'm going till July 5th. But I need a booster. Lads, this is very important. We don't want anybody left at airports. Get your booster before July. Get it in June. You'll have 10 days. No issue. Adrian Dunn Pharmacies. They will give you a booster. Get in touch. There's one in Lucan. I'll be there next Friday. Does this pharmacy sponsor the podcast? No, not yet. Another group I'm in, uh, a young man, I won't name names. The moment the draw was made, he started asking people, uh, how long does it take to renew your passport? Are you for real? What are you doing? Is this person 18? Possibly not. Just the sitting there. Wait, wait, wait. And probably on their mind anyway. In the last while. The dates have been up there in nights for six months now. And don't forget, Emer Higgins has downgraded the service. The name of the service. It is now the Passport Post. It's not Passport Express anymore. Congratulations to Emer Higgins. She's in my neck of the woods, my constituency. <laughs> Fucking headbanger. <laughs> this isn't something I would usually get annoyed about because I, I'm a terrible procrastinator. I often don't look ahead with these things, but just something like this, it, it just I find it very bizarre. But I was in my other travel mode because I'm going to a wedding, so I was thinking, Grant, all sorted. And then she was like, "Yeah, it's HSE lady." She was like, "Yeah, it's the fifth of July." I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> right. So should we progress, Prof? We get the winners of Ludogrets and Sujeska. In the Champions League second qualifying round, so the defeated side in the Champions League first qualifying round tie will play the defeated side in the tie between Levadia Tallinn and Viking Reykjavik in the Europa Conference League second round. So it's a bit weird reading that one, isn't it? Because you're like, <coughs> like, oh, I'd fancy them, but then you're like, oh no, hang on, don't want to play them. Yeah, so that's, either that's if you Bulgaria, Sujeska, or we're going to Reykjavik again. We'll go back to the Dubliner, most well, expensive place in the world. Don't even want to think about that tie because, yep. Gotta got win this. Totally agree with your prof, yeah. Let's, let's slash that one. And think about what it means to win this tie. Oh. We win this round. We're basically guaranteed that one shot at group status. We win this round. We're guaranteed to be in the playoff round of the Conference League. It's ridiculous, man. I, like, I don't want to think about that. It's very, very... I don't want to think about it. And if we win this round and then lose the second round... And go into the Europa League and win that Europa League tie, then we're in group stage. Stop that, prop. 
Um, yes, so that is that. And we move on to the United Union Pro's Favourite Cup. It was abandoned because of the scheduling issues. It was in the news again. Brendan Ogle, a trade unionist at the Dundalk and a Dundalk fan, was instrumental in the introduction of the competition. Lays all the blame at the door of the Yellow White Clubs for turning their noses up at the 60k prize. And uh, the winner's not been interested in the competition. Ooh, that's a new, that's a new uh, yeah. revelation. Uh, um, I thought a lot of what he said here was bollocks, to be honest. Um, <laughs> His his own baby, fucked diet. That's what it was. It was all, it, it's you know what I mean. It was his own little project and a fucking. The diet. fact is, if the, if they tried to shoehorn <coughs> those semi-finals in at the end of an Irish league season as well, those clubs would have reacted the exact same way. I think it's it's stupid to be to say to claim anything otherwise, and just put the blame on the clubs. Why were they trying to arrange this competition when our season was over? should have been our pre-season or during the season and that's even aside from my usual complaint or my complaint all along all they had to do was make it a Rowers versus Linfield final imagine Prof. in the Aviva imagine it was shooting fish into a barrel all they do had you to want 20,000 people at a, at, a, at a match yes okay make it Rowers Linfield now, I sympathise with your man on one aspect. He's talking about the money spent on the trophy and the medals, and they've gone to waste. That is sad to read now. Oh, so they're all sitting around. Can, can we have them? For the <laughs> just, 50s five aside? There you go. That is a shame. But, like I said, why did it have to be a semi-final? Why did it have to be two legs? Why did we have to play our semi-final against Pats on the same night as their semi-final? And we, when we wanted to play on a different night, they said no. Why did it have to be the same night? Why all these stupid stipulations? And then when it doesn't go right, they say, ah, the clubs turned their nose up with the amount of money. Your organisation of it was a shambles. <laughs> Prof, I love when you go deep. Um, <coughs> so that is that for Prof's rants. Underage fixtures this weekend, under 17s, the Women's National League, Rovers against Cove, that's 18th. <laughs> on Saturday oh god I'm dying here prof sound like Stephen O'Donnell um, oh, we're there from here I'm still yeah 3pm kickoff. off we have under 15's Cup Finn Harps versus Rovers Illustra National School Sunday 19 2pm kickoff. on the 7 days National League Cup Kerry versus SRFC in Mount Hawk Park Tralee prof it's getting it's, uh, there's a little away trip we can oh, yeah. might be able to interview someone Who's uh, who's gone down? So we'll keep an eye. Possibly not the first time our Rovers have played down there, but interesting to see now they've been in the news and Billy Denny last week is very good. Yep. On the nine days National League versus Pats, this is a big one. Monday twentieth, seven thirty. Get on down to that one. Richmond Park kickoff at half seven. And we have the under nineteens women's national league. In that, women's national league, it's P Mountain Rovers. PLR Park, two PM kickoff, prof. That is the under age fixtures. And next up, prof. We have the quiz. Yes, it's what Glenn Dunn calls his favourite time <clears throat> of the week. And uh, Peter Murphy is claiming a clean sweep here, but he didn't provide a screenshot. No, it doesn't matter. You don't have proof. Bring that to the court of law and tell me what's Listen, up. I'm not calling you a lawyer, Peter, because this man has won quizzes in the past, but you got to stick to the protocol no, you here. Gotta, you got to put up a, I, screenshot I a screenshot here. And there was also one notable response to the quiz on Twitter. And uh, he said, Fuck the table quiz, lads. Get the dates started Ooh. for Europe. Get it going. So here we go. Here comes about three minutes. Here we go. 
Which of these countries has been the longest time since Rovers last visited their new wave competition? Scotland, England, Wales, Northern Ireland. Oh, man. That's my favourite question. I love this one. Uh, I'm going to go back to the 80s here. I'm going to say longest. Uh, Linfield was after it. I'm going to say Scotland, Celtic. No, Wales. Yep, 1967 against Cardiff. <sighs> Name Rovers all-time top goal scorer in European competition with five goals. Mick Leach, Liam Tui, Billy Dixon, Graham Bork, Borky. Rovers' first ever European game against Manchester United in 1957 was played at which ground? Daily Mount, Tolka, Lansdowne, Milltown. Oh, God. <laughs> I should know this. Daily Mount. We'll go Daily Mount. Yes. Rovers' biggest winner margin 4-0 in the European match was against which club? Fram Reykjavik, Sporta Luxembourg, Apoel Nicosia and Progress Niederkorn. That's Fram Reykjavik. Yes, I'm getting in there, Prof. The worst defeat 7-0 came to the hands of which team? United, Gornik Zabja, Universitat Hibafa, Kral, I need to take a breath. Krajowa, FC Botev Plovdiv. Ah, it's Gornik Zabja. Yes, flying here, Prof. If a Who's Bosnian got- team had been in there, you would have passed out. <laughs> The, who scored Rovers goal against your gardens in 2002 UEFA Cup Noel Hunt Richie Bourne Sean Francis Stephen McGuinness this is, I know what you're doing here <laughs> I know what you're doing here I know that you know what I'm doing here uh, you want me to pick Richie Bourne <laughs> Noel Hunt no Stephen McGuinness you're such a fucking Stevie and you know that true or false Brad Belgrade Stephen O'Donnell had not taken a penalty in a competitive game for Rovers true yes Rovers Europa League group stage game against Ruben Kazan and Russia kicked off at a temperature of many degrees. Ah, here. Ah, listen. <clears throat> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nine. Nine really rings a bell. No, minus five. Who scored a European goal? Who scored the first European goal under Stephen Bradley? McCabe, Bork, Boyd, Shaw. Uh, it was against. It was McCabe penalty last minute. Yes. Which side would the hoops have faced? If they got past Slovan Bratislava and last year's Champions League forced qualifying stage, I should know this. Young boys, Bern, Ammonia, Ferenc Vados, CF or Cluj, Ferenc Vados. No, young boys, bollocks. <laughs> young boys, bollocks. Young boys. <laughs> 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 Hold on, am I done? Yeah, 6 out of 10. That's not bad. That's not bad. Young boys, bollocks. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to prison. What did you get, 6? Six? 6, yeah, that's not bad. I'm getting better. Uh, yes so up next we have the Tifties Hotline Part 2 and it's our last three Rovers dads and sons and daughter Yellow Well lads it's Liam Cairns and Michael Cairns calling here from Dublin 12 um, some of you may know him as the Whack and um, we're calling in for the for the Tifties questions um, for Father's Day, the, the special Father's Day podcast this week. So the first question is for yourself, Da. Um, the question is, where are you originally from and, and where did you raise myself? And then also, I think to add on to that, it was what age did you introduce me to my first game and how did you keep me occupied at the matches? Okay, uh, originally from Walkerstown and we used to get the aid in at the Star Summit to Milltown every Sunday. And um, what age did I introduce Liam to Rovers? I'd say he was about six, seven. And uh, was it a struggle to keep him occupied? Yeah, at first it was. It took a while. Once he had a chocolate bar, he was grand. And then he could run around with it. And then um, I got him uh, genuinely interested. I think I got him to be a mascot. And that was a real turning point. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember? And what age was I first, my first game? 
I'd say you're about six. Did I not go in a carry cut one time? Uh, you did. You did early on. But what was my very first game? Oh, your very first game. Would you were probably about four, five. So did I not go in a carry cut though to Richmond or something like that? I, yeah, I you did. You, you did. But I mean, yeah, you were probably about two, three. Yeah, I, I, so we don't know. I think your mark, your mark came along just to make sure you were okay. We don't, know who, we don't know who my first game was then, obviously. It was we were playing in Car and I think I think it was uh, I think it was Longford Town. Okay, it was Longford Town. The senator's favour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember at the games. I remember in UCD away, there used to be a group of young lads just playing football eleven aside match. Remember that beside the beside the pitch. Yeah, and you used you used to play along with them at the back of the pitch uh, where you came into the old Belfield. Yeah, there was always a football or two and lads be just playing the football when we'd be looking at the game. Yeah, know? I had no interest at that stage. Just no, to kick a ball. No, but that, that's your earliest memories of the games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember being mascot as well. Yeah. Mm. Um. What's this? What? Um. So again. What's your standout memories just for yourself that of a game with myself and yourself? Um the one that always comes to oh, mind. Everyone knows this. This is incredible. Um it had to be Whitehart Lane. Lane wanted a burger at half time. So we went down to get the burger. Uh they fed him with the nice burger and I wanted to get back up and we tried to come back up. The stewards wouldn't let us back up and we tried to get in another gate, wouldn't let us back up. And then Robert scored. So the big memory that you all have out there, I was down, down beneath, underneath the vomitry. All my days following Roberts and Liam fucked it up because of a burger. Imagine it. Imagine how we felt at that moment, being all over the place with Roberts, homing away everywhere. And I missed that goal. But even, there you go. I didn't even need the burger. I threw it at the Stuart's head. Yeah. Liam threw it around because he wouldn't <laughs> let us up. Um, but look at look at it. We still had great times. I mean, great memories. I always really remember Desi Baker scoring in the Brandywell, and Liam ran on the pitch. He was only one of two kids, and it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. He was saying, "Get off the pitch." There's a video of that on YouTube. So yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. You ran, you ran on the pitch. Uh, I think part of you, you party Calma scored, and then you used to, when Desi Baker scored, you ran on the pitch. It was a great night. We stopped on the way home in Monaghan and had a few drinks and uh, burger and chips with a great old night. That was a, that was a, that's one of the moments I always remember. Yeah, yeah, that probably turned my interest as well. Yeah, oh, you were you were yeah. hooped then. You were knackered. Yeah, you had nowhere to go. Because <laughs> at the start, I used to just think, "What is this?" But yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that was that was that was that was the moment in the Brandywell. We hadn't won. We didn't win up there an awful lot, and. We just kind of knew this this team this team has something something about them. Was that Nick O'Neill's first season? It was, yeah. it was, and it was something about. But really, it just got you then. Do you know what I mean? I think Twig was out injured or something. Twig like that. was out injured and we're struggling. We're going, Jesus, yeah. we're going to get results or we get hammered. And we didn't didn't get a lot of change in the brandy level, but we did that night and we did great all night. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest thing you disagree on about the hoops? Jesus. Um. I'm not sure. We don't really get square about too much on the hoops, do we? No, we don't really. You know, no. I, there's something that we we really agree. We really actually agreed on at the time, as opposed to disagreed. Was remember? Um, I remember coming out of Bray Wanderers away, and Greener was after giving us a load of stick on the sideline after they were beating us. I think it was three one or something like that. And I thought we both agreed. Jesus, this could be Bradley's last last hurrah here. Yeah, but we 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 knew deep down. Listen, he needs a chance. Oh, him. I know, but previous managers wouldn't have got that. chance. No, they wouldn't have got that chance. But we 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 knew we needed a chance. On. But we were wrong. I know we were completely wrong. But I think we agreed on that point at the time. Oh, and we've saying, been proven geez, completely this ever, wrong. Just ever got a change, and the fairness to the fairness, it's it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I always remember getting stick off Greener on the sideline. I was like, oh Jesus, this is a low point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. 
But anyway, yeah, we don't really disagree too much on the hoops. He kind of has me brainwashed, so... No, no, I don't. Just, just, <laughs> just listen. He listens to what I have to say, but I'm not always right either. It's a game of football. It's all different opinions. And that's the beauty of football. But it's it's about keeping the club where, where it has to be, up the top. And we're never, we're not always going to win leagues and trophies. And, you know, I mean, once the club's on a stronger footing than it ever was, you know what I mean? But the one thing I don't like, I, I don't get this, we all hate the coin, because most of the lads... Have our vintage. We all know understand what they do, but we don't sing it anymore. We've moved on. The, the young lads sing it all the time. I, I just don't like that song being sung anymore. I think it's think it's over, and we have to move on. What he said, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I still join in on that song, but yeah, I haven't really thought about that to be honest. Um, but yeah, the next question is, um, what were your match routines, and when did you first start going to the games, and is it different now? So I remember first going to the games was just. You in the car driving us off to Talca or Daily Mount on a Friday, stuck in traffic trying to get across town at rush hour, going into the games, getting a burger at halftime. The lads used to send us down during the game, just jacking when the game was being played because we always used to score when we used to go down to the chipper. So it used to be a running joke. Go down to the chipper, get a bar of sausage, lads, we'll get a goal here. Just give, let Liam go to the chipper, we're going to score. Yeah, yeah. And it happened. It happened regular. And I remember one time in, in Talca, we were sitting, waiting for the at the chipper behind the goal, and the ball came in and bounced straight into the chipper, into the curry sauce in the chipper. Bounced around and then landed in the curry sauce, the tub of curry sauce. Me and my cousin Connor were, look, we're waiting up for, for uh, curry chips, and we, we avoided that after. Um, but yeah, nowadays we just go to the 1899, don't we? We used yeah. to sit together, obviously, when I was younger, but now I sit in the south and you're in the main. Yeah, yeah. So. But you, you, you like that. I, I, I drive up. Liam goes in there with mates. I might go in, but I wouldn't really have a beer before a match, and I just, just enjoy the all atmosphere. And I love watching the team warming up. I don't know what it is. I love being in the ground early, and I love watching the team warming up. And then you know exactly who's in the start 11, who's on the bench. That's that's one of the things I really enjoy, and to see the build-up, match build-up on a, on a, on a nice sunny summer's day in Tala. That's one thing we took away from Germany when we were over a game there. How they do that? They all get in mad early and they really support the team early doors. Yeah, I can't. It builds up the atmosphere. Yeah, I hate I hate going into a game when it's when you're rushing into a game. That's 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 you're missing you're missing the build up and the build up's part of the whole lot of it. And that's that's what I love going into. We get the ground early. Anyone that knows we do the Wack Express, we always try and get there extremely early and we make a good day out of it. You know. Okay. Um, next question. In your own opinions. What has been the best podcast features this year? Um, I don't know. I think the Roddy, Roddy cast was pretty good. I thought the, the ground staff one was very insightful. I hadn't thought about that, to be quite honest. I'm sure people have given that answer as well. I loved the, the Ringo um, tribute as well. I didn't. I kind of half knew him. I was only seven or eight when he passed away, but I just knew something bad had happened in the club when you were kind of downbeat about it and other people that I knew in the club were downbeat about his passing. So that was interesting to kind of find out a bit more about him and his and his interests and hobbies. What about yourself, Dad? Um. Okay, I mean, I'm, like, how many away games do we get in the season? Well, I try and get most of them in. It's not always possible with holidays and work and all that type of stuff, but I try and get most of them in. And as most people know, the racket, the Wack Express runs from the points. I've got about 70 lads on a WhatsApp, so... You get about 30 or 40 fairly regular in the bus and I love that because we shoot off from there and we try and get into a little seaside town somewhere or a town down the country, not into the city where we play and then we just get in for kickoff and then we're back straight home. So that's 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 one of the things I love about, about the away games. Um, yeah. 
And then finally, what's what this word to describe Oreo Park? Oh, an, abs- an absolute shithole. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the worst ground ever. I mean, I remember going up there in the 70s and 80s and we used to have... It's, it's actually got worse because I don't, I don't like um, the plastic pitches. I, I think it does nothing for football. Um, and the ground has just disintegrated ever since. But I, I finally can't get over all the money, the 12-point-odd million they got from the Europa League group stage and the players have got it all, but the ground has just decayed since. And that's sad for the Dundalk hardcore that go every week because they must see what was that all about because it's, it's gone. I mean, the money's gone. We're, set, we're playing in a shithole. And uh, one, the other thing is they, they're fairly aggressive up there with the way they go on. So maybe they deserve it. One word for myself is uh, derelict. Um, so yeah, thanks lads. Hopefully we get a good uh, good draw this week in uh, in the Champions League, and we we see everyone in the in Europe this summer. Keep on hoping. Keep on hoping. There's only one Shamrock Rovers. Hi lads, thanks for having us on. This is Emma Weekly, and I'm joined by my dad. Hi guys, Jared Weekly here. How was dad? And we're we have a few questions to answer for the Father's Day special. So, question for Dad. Where are you from originally and where did you raise your kids? Kimmage is where I'm from, Dublin 12. And we raised them on the north side, unfortunately for some, in our town. Okay. And what age did you introduce your child or children to Rovers? Emma was around 11, 12 when I started bringing her to the RDS. And what age was my brother, can you remember? Colin would have been about eight or nine, and again, he started going to the RDS around the same time. And was it a struggle at first to keep us occupied at games? No, not really. You were both interested in the football, Unfortunately for me, unlike some of the kids nowadays, yeah, you have to try and entertain them, whereas you're very interested in the football, so you would watch the games. And did you notice a turning point where we were genuinely interested? I suppose after the league win, where before, yeah, you would both have gone just, you know, to watch the football, but after the league win in the RDS then, it became more of wanting to go. Okay, and a question for me. What's my earliest memory of going to games together? Um, I'm not sure, as Dad said, it's, you know, it's late 92, early 93 in the RDS that we started going regularly. Um, But I do have memories of going to games where he was playing, random different places around Dublin. Um, So that would be probably a first memory. And then I think I just have this memory of either a Dave O'Leary testimonial or something in Lansdowne. So there's definitely early memories of going to Lansdowne um, as well, maybe even a a random cup final, not the Galway one, um, but a random cup final. Um, another question, was it a case of initially wanting to be with dad where he was on a Friday night? We actually, when we started going, Rovers played on Sunday in the RDS. So when I started getting a bit of a feel for it, he, I used to make him bring me to Shells on the Friday because we're Northside, Home Farm on the Saturday because we're still north side. But I suppose the big one would have been then going across town on the Sunday um, to watch Rovers. The next question, do the rest of the family have any interest in Rovers? Yeah, the four of us actually would um, 
Emma's mom and obviously Colin's mom would have in the old days have gone to the old Hoops Club in Milltown, which I only found out later. But I had brought her um, probably 76, 77, something like that, to a few games in Milltown. So, yeah, four of us were, let's say, Rovers orientated. I think over the years we've tried to include cousins and cousins, partners and cousins, kids, but we're still working on that one, I think. Next question for you. What is your standout memory of me or myself and Colin at a game, either before, during or after? It's a hard one to answer. Um, I suppose maybe the relegation in Tolka was like, that was surreal in a sense and I do remember uh, I think actually Emma was crying that night after the game so yeah that's probably everything else was usually either subdued or elated from a good result and then a question for me what's my favorite memory of you at a game funnily enough it's another crying one but this time it's the 2019 cup final in um in the Aviva I just think the the years and years of not winning it and sometimes being so close um, for anyone who was there. I just think it was a bit overwhelming. So, yeah, I'd say that's probably my favourite memory um, of, of dad at a game. Next question for us both. What's the funniest memory at a game? Oh, it has to be this season for me. Like, there's been many, but um, against Bowles, when we were down to 10 men, Everyone knows it. Tell got the ball and he started moving forward and I just let a roar out of me. Don't F and shoot. <laughs> and we all know what happened. So I just had to sit down and say, oh, here. Yeah, that was definitely a good memory. I think even there, I think it was one of the games just before COVID, uh, the Dundalk game. And uh, we usually stand at the very back of the, the main stand and uh, when Jack Byrne scored that absolute screamer, you went running. And I don't know what you did, whether you dislocated your elbow or your knee or your hip or all three. But uh, yeah, you were feeling that for, for a little while after. That was a funny one. What's the biggest thing we disagree about in relation to Rovers? I think it's where we park at games. That always annoys me. Home or away. Uh, I don't know whether we we might at times disagree about so you know some of the play, which obviously we wouldn't be fans if we didn't. But um, no, I I don't I don't think there's an awful lot we disagree on. And the parking, usually we try and park in the stadium, but uh, like obviously with the new stand going up, we we understand and respect that there's um, limited parking, but. I would try and get as near to the exit as I can because sometimes you'd be left sitting in the car park. But no, I don't think there's an awful lot we would disagree on. Question for me. 
what's the worst shout you've ever made that I don't let you forget? This is actually one that Colin and I don't let you forget. It's not a Rovers one. It's uh, the World Cup qualifiers in 1993 before uh, the USA World Cup. And it's the Northern Ireland game. It's the one I'll draw up in Belfast. And we were only very small watching it here at home. And when Jimmy Quinn scored that goal, you were like, nah, that's it. They're done. They're out. And you went out the garden. I don't know what you were doing out there, but you just went out and we were small. So my brother was sitting there, tears in the eyes, thinking, oh, is that it? Like, are we not going to America anymore? And I was, no, no, we're going, we're going. But yeah, we. Uh, my brother actually reminded me of that. That's definitely one that awful shout something then you got terribly wrong about a rovers player or manager i'm not really sure there's anything that you got terribly wrong you probably had the odd brads or shout at the start and you like to give jack Byrne a bit of grief but i don't think anything terribly wrong no usually i will try and give players stroke managers the benefit of the doubt yeah i would have been after two seasons probably thinking Stephen's not going to be able to do it, but in fairness to him, one, the, the, the board and the club backed him. And also, he got the players that he wanted in. And that has made a huge difference, where with other clubs, maybe, obviously, they don't. Um, yeah, Jack, I think, has the potential, but apart from the few months, maybe the season he left, I still think he, he can do more. He says himself he can do more. I like to see him do more. I like to see him dominate the game more and a bit of a more movement from him. But hopefully that will come. Another question for me. What story have you told me too many times to count? I was trying to think, and it's either multiple stories of rowers playing up in the north, usually in Belfast, when uh, I don't know whether I'm assuming in the 60s or the 70s when you were getting chased through Belfast, through from either the Oval or Seaview or or both. But it, a story I do like that you do tell a lot is a Ray Kyo story. So um, when Ray Kyo was player manager of Tullamore Town and he called to Nanny and Grandy's house to sign you, I do like that story though. Yeah, um, as he was called in them days, Darky Kyo, a neighbour of mine used to always say to me about where I was playing my football. I was playing probably top division in the AUL, but he always said, no, you should be playing more, you should be playing more. So Ray Kyo came calling and I played a few games, but to be quite honest, unfortunately, I wasn't cut out for the training they were doing. Ray had taken over Tullamore at the time and he had signed a lot of ex-League of Ireland players as in there was a several of Pats and they were training something like three or four nights a week and plus in the job I was in at the time I had changed departments and I was then working shift so I was missing training a bit but um yeah, that was probably one of the times. But uh, another time, actually, I do remember, because even to this day, I didn't know. I was playing, finished playing the over 35s with St. Brendan's from um, up in Grange Gorman. And I, Emma used to come to some of the games, as she said, with me. And there was one game, there was a guy in a suit looked out. He was well togged out. Like, and he was chatting away to Emma during the game and then in the dressing room after he came into the dressing room and he was chatting away to us so I asked one of the lads like who is the guy that, what's the story 
And I was told he was one of the inpatients in St. Brandon's. <laughs> when Emma's mom found out about that, she wasn't letting her go again. Okay, so what, where are match day routines when we first started going? And is it different now? Well, when we first started going with you, there probably wasn't as much drinking or um, just general merriment. So I suppose now we drive over to Tala. Um, we do go into the suite pretty much before every game um, and half time. Um, and we've changed our, our, our seat in Tala a few times over the years. Yeah, in the early days, obviously, both were quite young and bringing children into a pub then, them days, I won't say it was scorned, but it wasn't looked upon very well. But I do remember when we clinched the league in the RDS that night, we went back to the Horshaw House, I think it was, and all the team came in and um, we had a couple of beers that night. But now, as Emma said, going to Tallaght, we started off, obviously, because we don't need a one stand in the West Stand. <clears throat> and then we moved over to the East Stand, which was and probably still is my favourite spot for different reasons. But um, we now have gone back to the West Stand. Because, obviously, the Glenmalure Suite is there, the 1899 Suite is there. And, yeah, we'll have a beer before the game and maybe one and a half time. And uh, it's enjoyable meeting up with all the Rovers from... Some of them in my era, some of them later on, and a lot of them now have, you know, picked up with the club in the last, since we've moved to Tallaght. And are there any traditions passed down by my granddad, so your dad, um, about going to football matches that are important to you or that you still might follow? The No, the only one, and it's not even a tradition, and it is something that you would remark to me, um... We would go, my dad would cycle and I'd be on the crossbar and I do remember get, they getting the ticket, the guy would write the number in chalk on the saddle of your bike and you get a ticket and if Robbers weren't doing well, my dad would want to leave and I always remember a game, I, it was obviously the 60s, Waterford were two up and it was something like 10 minutes to go, my dad went, Mom, we're gone and I went, can I hang on? No, come on, we're going. And I said, right, I'll follow you. And he got up to the top of the steps on the terracing in Milltown Road end. And he heard the, the, the roar. And he went what, to somebody, what was that? Rob was just scored. He said he got out to the bike and there was another roar. And he went like, oh, don't tell me. Ended up, Rob was one three two. They scored three goals in the last 10 minutes. So my philosophy now is stay to the end. And we do. Um... What are the best three podcast features in the first half of this year? I'm going to pick these. The player fan interviews were really hard. The Roddy Collins one was brilliant, but in a, oh my God, I hate this way. Um, I loved the Milltown 35 episode with Mick Neville, Robbie Murphy, uh, Rob Tormey and John Doyle. And I also loved the 200 episode with the Rings and Lads. That was brilliant. And I'm going to have to give a shout out to the ladies special on the uh, on the Tifties hotline. Uh, definitely one for the future. Maybe in an, even a live episode, lads. Hint, hint. So final two questions. How many get away games do you get to in a season? Some, most or all? And if we don't get to many, what stops us going? We get to most of them in Dublin. Pretty much all of them in Dublin, actually, unless we don't get tickets. 
And then I would travel to a few of them around. Yeah, we get to, as you say, certainly in Dublin, most. The only time we wouldn't go is if we can't get tickets for for whatever reason. You may not have been here or whatever to to source the tickets. Um, I I would go maybe draw the... I've stopped going to Dundalk. I've stopped going a long time ago because of the way we were treated up there. And plus the fact that you can't see a game up there. And I just... The old, it's a Cork City thing or Cork, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they used to have um, a fanzine out, uh, no more plastic pitches. And I personally am one that believes thoroughly that football should not be played on plastic. It's not the real thing. Um, we've gone as far as like Athlone, Longford, games like that. Yeah, when we can. But basically, all the games in Tallaght and whatever Dublin games we can get to. And that leads us nicely into your final question. Describe Oriel Park in one word. Being respectful to them, a dump. And I will say Sellafield. Thanks for having us on, lads, and happy Father's Day, everyone. Hi, Prof. Hi, Gary. It's Al Moore here. Hi, lads. Harry Moore here, author of The Moore Report, and we're here to answer these Tiffany's questions. Um, I'm originally from Springfield and Tallaght. Uh, we moved out there, my parents moved out in 04, I think, and then I bought a house in Blessing in 06. Um, and I suppose that's where we're, that's where we're living now. Um, Harry's first game, Harry's the eldest of my three kids, so Harry Harry's first game would have been when he was five, um, and it was against, uh, so that's 2016, against um, Finn Harps. I picked out, um, I always had my eye on the, uh, summer summer games um those rescheduled games for for Sunday so it was uh Finn Harps Sunday, three p.m. kickoff, nice sunny day uh wouldn't be a big crowd, um so that's the one I had I, I I picked um I done well keeping them um keeping them there till till half time I I I don't know how I got them through half time but it was only I only got ten minutes into the second half. Where I had to, uh, I had to give in and uh, give him get go 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 get him as uh, promised McDonald's. Uh, he was only five. He was still still quite young, um, and I suppose where 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 that all changed was I suppose he he got older, um, and obviously you know being in a Rovers house, uh, he 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 picked it up pretty quick. So I would say it was maybe in and around when he was seven. Um, at 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 the end of one season, or maybe building up into into a next season, uh, where where he re- really built it up for himself, um, yeah. So that's Harry. So my questions, um, my earliest memories of going to games together would probably be not even the game itself, just walking, um, into the stadium, getting the program, and walking up to the seats where we would normally sit, you know. So that's what that's what um. My earliest memories of going to games would be next one. Um, it was a case of initially wanting to be with my dad um, on a Friday night because I just wanted to be with him, spend time with him. And um, when I actually like, kind of looked at the match, watched it and, and looking at all the flags being waved and all the songs being sang, I just decided that I really liked it and I wanted to keep on going every week. And I thought it was great, so that's pretty much how I've... Um, kept on going 
week in, week out, and the rest of the family would have an interest in Rovers. Yeah, they do. I mean, like your 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 granddad would always tell you what 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 it's like, what what it was like in the days of going to Milltown, going to Milltown, and all the bikes on the road and the whole lot. Um, my sisters Ara and like she'd be going to a few games every now and then, and. And then I have a little brother, Matt, who's only, who's only five to be turning six this year. And he's been to two Rovers games, the cup final back in 2019. Yeah. And then his first um, game at Tala was against Dundalk that um, bank holiday Monday in April. Um, Even even the likes of Matthew, like, I think he, 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 he taught, he always, he, he always associated Rovers with Jack Bourne because we talked about him. So he used mm. to, he used to call Rovers Jack Bourne, he thought. Thought that's that's what the name really of the club was, yeah. So yeah, I, I I suppose you know, my eldest brother was 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 at the last game as well, so he'd he'd pop pop along to a few games every season. So yeah, I suppose we are a Rovers family. Um, I suppose on the on your mum's side, it would be it would be definitely Pats. Like so, does my you know, uncle and my granddad would they be Pats? Yeah, so there's a good bit of crack there, yeah. Good bit of banter, yeah. Um, my favorite memory with dad. Probably the cup final, I think, back in 2019. I think the walk up to um, Lansdowne Road to the Aviva um, with all the Rovers fans, the pride of Renzens. Uh, I just really liked that. I really enjoyed it. Um, a few of my friends were there. Like, um, We'd only see each other at Rovers games, and I really enjoyed that. And um, my granddad, my old family... They were all there, so that it was, was my favourite memory. It was a brilliant day, yeah. I suppose my favourite standout memories of Harry at games are, yeah, I've got a couple, all right. I suppose, you know, he is in the report now, or, or the programme every week. We're, we're huge fans of uh, Hoop Scene in this house, and uh, it's great to see Harry really get involved. Um, so that's that's obviously uh, a weekly good memory. But I suppose the first game of the season, um couple of years ago um well it was actually was it 2019 yeah waterford away yeah so did voyage get the late it was voyage yeah the no the late win winner, winner. yeah or eaton Boyle. um and uh we went crazy uh and during the celebrations harry looks up very startled and says he's lost his runner yeah i got stuck in um going so wild i got my, my foot stuck in the middle of the chair yeah like the seat um and who was it who uh, held it jason maloney believe it or not i didn't yeah. even know who he was because like um held it up like a trophy yeah i didn't know that was him like if i was um my age right now and and it's also great i mean harry harry's just as vocal as me back at the south sand getting songs going so i mean you know he has his little couple of little friends there like so it, it, it's great to hear him um I don't think there's much that we, 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 we disagree on going to Rovers. I think the biggest one, like, it's not too big, but the most popular one would probably be subs. Like, if we should have brought this player on or should have kept them off, or should we have taken this player off, you know? Yeah. Um, the uh, worst thing you have ever made that I never let you forget. Is? What would it be? I'm not sure. Um, 
I don't know. I I always say to myself, I, I, I'm one of these, don't shoot, and then just shoot from 30 yards, and it always ends up in the top it's corner. It's kind of mad in our, like, in our mini league matches, like, the bless- I play for Blessington, like, he'd be like, shoot, shoot from the halfway line, and I'd be like, would you stop? Yeah, so you I don't want to do that Rovers games where I, they're professionals. Yeah, I, I, I'm the opposite with, with the lads coaching our ridge, yeah. Um, I suppose, um, Harry, is there any story that I, uh, well, you like to bring up um, a good few times, like going out with um, my mum about like going to Rovers games. Um, mm. I think like going to um, Daily Mount. I remember one time you told me a story about that. Well, yeah, I think it was Talca Park, but yeah, I suppose I should shouldn't shouldn't bring your girlfriend to games like that. I suppose was 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 the lesson yeah, there. Game, yeah. Um, Match day routines, I suppose, have have kind of uh, st- streamlined. I know mine have certainly changed over the last uh, for 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 all the years I've been going. Um, there's no more uh, there's no more tri- pre pre match points or anything like that. Um, no, I think we 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 just head down in the van and uh, get the program. Get the fro program. We we listen to a few tunes to get us in the humor and um. Might um, listen to a bit of the podcast if we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, we we get down there early. Um, we get our spot. Um, there, there. I suppose there isn't that many traditions passed down. Um, I suppose we're just probably probably making our own. I suppose the tradition of just going to the games, um, is 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 one of them. Um, the podcast this year that I suppose I I I really got something from was was the Aaron Green one was brilliant. I mean, just to hear him talking um the way he talks. You know that comes straight from Bradzer. Um, you know that. Uh, you know he's bought into it. I suppose Aaron Green is a he, he's a squad player, but to hear him talk like that is 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 amazing. So that's that's the ethos mm, that the club yeah. that the club have. Um, I I love the Talca Park and the Wilderness years. Uh, yeah, I I I was there for a lot of it. Um, yeah, it was it was uh. Martin Stadium and 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 Daily Mount and all those yeah it was just yeah it was it was good and bad in all different ways um Harry have you got any um mine would probably be the Aaron Green one because I was able to listen to that and like I got a good bit of advice from it for a young player um I like the Roddy Collins one um that was excellent we yeah. listened to it on the way up to the Derry match this season away from home and we thought it was great crack and it was a good laugh and then the last one um. I'd probably go with Sean Francis. I thought that was funny. Um, again, we listened to that going up to Daily Mount against Bowes when we won three one. Really enjoyed that one. And um, finally, describe Oil Park in one word. I'd go with unprofessional. I think just because I think that comes in when Dundalk are in Europe. Um, you know they've had to play their Europa League group stage games at the Viva. I think and like they've had to play for Atala just because. The ground isn't great, so I'm gonna go with unprofessional, and especially with no um roof on top of the way end. That's just shocking, really, to me. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's many one words. Uh, deplorable, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you shouldn't have to look up the weather. You know, going to a game. Um, going to the toilet again. Those those green. I just don't go into those green boxes. Like you know. I'm sure if you have a drink on you, you probably would. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a an awful, an awful experience up there. Uh, the bonus question. Um, 
we've we've done quite well this year with away games. As Harry says, we've we've gone up, we've done an overnight up in Derry. Um, we went um, up to Drada on that Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'd go to most games. Like. We were at Daily Mount for the great win. We were over in the bowl. Um, just haven't got to Inchy Core. It just keeps on falling. The, the Monday nights are kind of killing us as well. Uh, I know Drada was on a Monday, but... It was your birthday um, the day after that. So That's true, yeah. That, that was my birthday treat, yeah. So... Um, yeah, no, we we do we we get to a lot. Uh, we and we would go to most games, but yeah. the only thing that would stop us is um work and you, and, and other 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 commitments, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's it from uh, me and Harry, I suppose. Um. Thanks very much. It's great to be talking to you guys and it'll be great to hear our voices on the podcast yeah uh, we both love the show uh, he's doing amazing work keep and, up uh, the good work yeah yeah keep on hooping guys thanks a lot so Gary that was the Cairns the Wheatleys and the Moors the Moors and um, the Cairns uses oh, oh Wack needs to stop leaving mid game <laughs> Jaden makes a debut on the WAC Express this week. It's not week the first well. time the WAC has no. missed a goal in Europe as a gear. No, we certainly weren't. We were toilet buddies and we oh. missed Shazzy's goal. I'd never heard that name. I didn't realise the WAC missed a goal that we heard lane. That is a killer. Oh man, we'll talk about that on Friday. Um, I love the way Harry Moore just took over. Um, he's, he's very, very mature for his age. Like, that's fantastic. And... Uh, if you're not reading his, his, his piece in the program, uh, I recommend you do so. It's always a good read. Uh, he gave me a shout out recently. He said he can't he can't believe how me and Jason Maloney come up with something new every week. And uh, I know what you mean, mate. Sometimes I'm like, I've got nothing this week. Prof got, has the archive. I've though. got nothing. Um, when I got in touch with Alan, I didn't know who he was. I knew who Harry was in the program. But I didn't realise Alan... Um, you think we've probably seen him on Twitter, maybe, but but he said he was very familiar with the podcast. He said he's been with us from episode one. Oh yes. So he was up for this father son edition, and he said when Harry gets to listen to it, he loves it as well. And he said Harry loves hoop scene and enjoys uh, enjoys tales from the East and uh, articles as well. And he said they were going to Wexford that weekend. They they, they recorded this, and he said he had his copy of Talatime with him. <laughs> yes. So he's getting stuck in. Getting well stuck in there. Do you, do you know like when um when when Messi well I don't know if it was Messi or Maradona. I think it was probably Maradona. In the early nineties there was always the next Maradona. Mm. And the media would build him up and they'd always inevitably just he'd move to Barnsley or something on loan <laughs> and then you'd never hear from him again. Glamour Rovers twenty twenty four. And you're like, how is he the next Maradona? So this is this is a big statement now, right? Oh, and I don't want to put pressure on anybody, but I'm gonna. Harry Moore, the next prof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he will replace me one day. Uh yes. So brilliant stuff, prof. Again, great tip this outline and uh, a Father's Day edition. Well, well uh, deserved. So em- prof. Emma Wheatley wants a, sh- a live show with the women. Wow. Not just a. Uh, a Tifty's Hotline special, lady, lady special. She wants a full show. Um, good to hear from her dad, Jer, as well. Uh, good Kimage man. Oh, stop, will you? John Connolly texted me the other day. I meant to send it to you. And he was like, look at this. You should send me a picture of the sign near the four roads. The four <laughs> roads can't even spell Kimage. Never mind put a sign up on it. 
Fuck off, Ewa. <laughs> yeah, so brilliant stuff again, Prof. The old Hifty's hotline. Uh, Prof, hit us with the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out! <laughs> Um, yeah, a couple I, I meant to read out on one of the last shows. Do you know the way a big deal was made about how many games Liverpool played mm-hmm. in all competition? What, what did it come to? 63, I think yep. it was. Um, all asthmatic. It reminded me to look at... <laughs> it reminded me to look at uh, what's the most rowers played in the season. And well, like this. previously it had been, the record had been 56... In the 1968-69 seasons, so that's when we completed the six in a row of FAI Cups. But then we broke it in 2011. We played 60. And uh, it could have been more than 60. If you think back, we got knocked out of the League Cup round straight away. Went out of the quarterfinals of the Cup. So it could have been, we could have passed Liverpool's there. And looking at this season, we've got no League Cup or Leicester Senior Cup. And the inevitable abandonment of the United Union champions. Yeah. Um, so the most domestic games Rovers play this season is 44. Ooh. So you got 36 in the league, FAI Cup, President's Cup. I'm throwing in two replays there. So 44. And then potentially 16 games if we were to get group stages. So that would add up to 60 again. Prof, wait, uh, this, that's... And just on my, I keep on going on about our tonkless run. It's uh, it has reached forty. I don't expect to tonk uh, or um, Dundalk at Oriel Park now, but we're at forty-two games without scoring four goals. The Tadir record is forty-four. So maybe maybe uh, Bally Buffet come soon. We could uh, excuse me, Bal Buffet. Bal Buffet. Maybe that's when we could end it. Um, do you remember like at the time? I think was it the UCD game? Um. I just started saying tonk 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 <laughs> when it was 3 0. And then Kane Hopkins texts me and just goes, You've cursed this club. Yeah. <laughs> no more 4 nils ever again. Remember poor Owen looking for the 8 nil, uh, betting on it. And then I just said to him, Yeah, we haven't scored 8 goals since 1963. Yeah. And just broke him. Um, since we beat Dundalk on Easter Monday. They have won six and drawn one out of seven. And they're unbeaten at home this season with six straight wins. So they found some form. Yep. This is this is a um, by no means a an easy game on Friday. And you know the Stephen O'Donnell stat, so I'm not gonna repeat it. I'm Rick at risk of being called a jinx. <laughs> but I will mention that <laughs> Stephen O'Donnell is banned from the touchline for this game. He's no suspended, way. so I think we have Stephen here now. Um, Stephen, how will things work now at Oriel Park now that you can't be in the dugout? Well, as I say, it's a case of uh, quarantine more than anything because <laughs> they don't want uh, don't want me near anybody because it's fairly contagious because <coughs> footballers don't agree with me. <laughs> no, no, have them take me tablets. And it's just been, it's not great for me, but I think we have a good chance of murder. I think we a chance of taking three points, and, uh, yeah, you know, I'll have, I'll be surrounded by, uh, you know, one of those. So, so the assistant will take our buddy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I need a break. Here's a cup of water. Come on, Stephen. So, Stephen, um, um, yeah, so he's in quarantine, actually. They don't even let him near the bench. 
couple of notes on our previous meeting where we beat them 1 0 on Intana on the Easter Monday. Um, do you remember all the abuse Sean Gannon was getting from their fans in Tata that night? Mm. Uh, Sean Gannon, you're a wine car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That. You can actually hear it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You could hear the accent in the chant. <laughs> and then there was, stand up if you love the town. <laughs> and do you remember the rats poster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually arguing with James Doll about this. I don't get the hatred of Sean Gannon. No, this, but it's purely because Rovers. See, it's not the guy himself. If he went to Sligo or Bowes, it wouldn't be an issue. It's obviously a big deal for them if a player, successful player at Dundalk goes to Rovers. It's purely, it's purely Rovers. But look at this trophy hall. If someone won that many trophies with us, could you hate that person? Plus, look at the bullshit that they were going through. A one-year deal or you want to take three years with the fucking champs. No-brainer. Just, just They can't go through their tick prehistoric skulls that's what it comes down to for me yeah the, the contract they only offered him one year I think they should hate Ronan Finn more yes but they've forgotten about him Ronan Finn won a double with them he then joined Rovers in 2017 under a new manager for a team who finished fourth yeah why don't they hate Ronan Finn <laughs> they should hate Ronan Finn that's my question for you and also a reaction to that that game do you remember online they thought we were there for the taking oh yeah I know this game was a long time ago so you might not remember how it went but they were saying things like we scraped past their reserve team and we were there for the taking they didn't lay gloving us in that match no but since that game in fairness I called out their form there they clearly are improved I think O'Donnell was setting them up to be hard to beat at the start of the season they were dirt that day he was building a foundation yeah and they're obviously motoring now and um yeah, that's it. That's it. So we're going to start 11th on predictions. Prop, you're going to... I'm going to go a little bit different direction with this one. You're going to be... You're, you're going to be surprised. So Madison go, Grace, Pico, Hoare. I think they Hoare gets the start because he's, he's been excellent. No offence to Gano. Um, I'm going to go Lions on the left, Finn on the right. Gary O'Neill and Cavo in the middle. Gary O'Neill? Gary O'Neill. Sean Cavanagh in the middle of the park. Ooh. That bit of extra ability to be able to hold on to the ball, I think, between the two of them, I think it's, it's, what, I think it's what we need up here. We're gonna be, I think retention is going to be a big thing. Yeah, so, um, yes, Cavo in the middle. Gary O'Neill, Bourne, Mandrew and Gaff. Prof, is there any place for the potential player of the month, would you tell? Against, but then again, doesn't he try hard against fucking Dundalk because he wants mm. to beat him? No, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I'm going to be controversial, and I'm going to say uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tight. I'm going to say one nil win with the gaff getting the winner. And then with the gaff, tight game, few reds, miles miles. I'm going to keep Cavo where he is, oh! left side of the tree, because he was excellent against Shelburne. Can't argue with any dropping, anyone bro? else in your back five there. Who you dropping? I'm going to play Tell, actually, because... So who are you dropping in the, the back three, though? Oh, Grace. Grace is getting dropped. In goes Cavo. Prof is putting Tell in. I'm putting Tell in. Then who do I leave out? That's the question. I suppose Gary O'Neill is playing. Want to get high? 
Yeah, um, Jack is a bit of a doubt apparently still, even now for this game. Mm. Berkey is also a doubt. So I'm going to leave out Berkey. Oh. I'm going to play Jack assume when he's back. Yeah, yeah. otherwise I'm the same. Gaff, I draw you. I'm the same. Okay, right. And one more thing before we go, bro. We have a good good Rovers fan and he's deceased, John Wilkes. We're doing a fundraiser and um, we're going to go and get a few people to donate a few quid. So go on to the Rovers chat and we're going to dedicate, we're going to try and donate a few quid to a good, good Hoops fan. So John Wilkes, get on to the Rovers chat. Any Rovers fan, you know Rovers chat is. It's a John Wilkes donation, so make sure you get it and, um, and donate a few quid for a good fan. Absolutely, get, get involved there. Um, on my prediction... Uh, one all, one all, prof. We have a comment from Dundalk fan Jonto. You might have seen this on Twitter. You replied to it. Dundalk Shamrock Rovers Friday night first versus second. A chance for Dundalk to close the gap and mount a title challenge. Hopefully not. And of course, RT are showing episode four thousand of the Big Bang Theory, followed by Great Asian Railway Journeys. Oh, can't wait for that. What hope has the league got? It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Don't even bother. Well, it's, it's not even so much that noise that they're not showing this game. It's that I guarantee you the next game they'll show will be like fourth versus seventh. Or I maybe mean, us. Not, for, honestly, it's not even talking point. Us at home, the Harps or something. Like, it's not even a talking point. Show the meaningful games. Yeah. But Prof... We're going to move on. That's you. We're going to talk about Richie Bourne. Richie Bourne coming on next week. And uh, this is going to be an interesting one, Prof. And we have the Derby, Dublin Derby coming up. And uh, <laughs> Dublin Bus jersey. <laughs> I forgot about that. They actually put Dublin Bus pattern, the seat, seat pattern print on their jersey. And thought, this is a good idea. Yep. And you're telling me that Dublin Bus didn't pay anything towards this? <laughs> I saw a Photoshop of uh, you won't be able to find a seat in the bus anymore. <laughs> and someone just put cut out the heads of hipsters oh, and just put yeah, them on yeah, top yeah. of the seats. Absolutely ridiculous, carry on. Fucking unbelievable. Right, but that's it anyway. And uh, FBI Cup draws on Tuesday. Ooh! Hashtag love to win the double. Love to win the double. So that is it for this week, Prof. Um that is it and uh, we look forward to seeing you in St. Julian's prof Ooh, we are going over to Malta for the sun see the hoops and beer and what more could you want so that's it for this week see you in the south stand or sorry see you in the kip that is Oriel Park and keep on hooping see ya he isn't much in the eyes of the world he'll never make his hurry no, he isn't much in the eyes of the world, but he is the world to me. My dad, now here is a Everything strong, no, he can't do wrong, my dad, my dad.
to share, oh, he's always there, my dad.